Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. With Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, holy cow. An amazing, uh, very, very special uh, conversation that I just had tonight with Louie Anderson uh, here at my house, actually. Well, the studio was full, but um, I was so excited to have him on. We did it here at the house. So great. I can't, as I always say, I can't wait to get to it, so I'll keep this as brief as possible. What a very special, special conversation. Special? A special conversation. And um, this one, obviously, because we recorded it today, is uh, we have a couple episodes coming out that were before the election. This one, we do talk a little bit about the election, maybe 10, 15 minutes um, in the first hour. If you're not in the mood, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, to get away from political discussions, which I know some people uh, are trying to, you know, maybe not think about things, uh, please don't not listen to the podcast. Skip it. Skip the political talk if you need to, but don't miss the uh, second hour and a half of this sh- of this episode. It was so special, emotional, lovely, true, and uh, so so don't let a little uh, politics get in the way. Um, it's just a, a really great talk. So let's get to it quickly. Uh, a couple things for me to plug. Um, the not feeling it shirt, <laughs> maybe it's because of uh, things happening now, I don't know, is is back on sale. So PeteHolmes.com if you're looking for the not feeling it shirt or maybe the fantastic Mr. Fox wolf shirt. These shirts are all available. I also want to plug um, my HBO special. I'm so happy to say that. My stamp special, Faces and Sounds, premieres on December 3rd. Uh, so please watch or DVR or HBO Go or HBO Now. Um, find a way to watch that. I- I'm very proud of it, and I'm so glad so many weirdos came out to be in the audience. And now I'm hoping um, you guys will watch it and enjoy it as well. I have some live dates coming up here in L.A. If you're going to be in L.A., uh, I will be performing at Largo on January 16th, February 13th, and March 13th. Uh, Those are always great shows. Largo-LA.com for tickets. Is there anything else I need to say? Oh, yeah, uh, and it's a little early, but I'm going to start plugging because I'm so excited. Crashing will be on starting in February. February on HBO. Uh, look for Crashing uh, to premiere, and I really think you will, and I hope that you guys enjoy what we did there. In the meantime, let's enjoy Louie. We have a wonderful uh, sponsor here. We've used these guys before. Thank you for your sponsorship, Skin Condoms. You guys, your sex life is about to get an upgrade. Skin Condoms are made from a revolutionary, I, can't, I can never say this word, polyisoprene? polyisoprene uh, material called skin feel. It's not latex. They don't feel like latex. They don't smell like latex. They're super soft and comfortable, uh, more so than latex. So both you and your partner get a natural feel full of sensitivity. And while sex with skin is amazing for everyone, skin condoms are also completely safe uh, for anyone with a latex allergy. Uh, So get involved with your partner and throw on some skin condoms. They're just as safe as uh, latex, uh, and they offer the same level of protection against pregnancy and STDs. Are you ready to try? Head to buycondoms.online. I almost said .com, but it's buycondoms.online to explore skin. That's S-K-Y-N condoms, personal lubricants, and more. And with offer code WEIRD, you'll get free shipping on your first order no matter what you buy. Thank you, Skin, for your sponsorship. Uh, Sock Panda also gets a shout-out in this episode. This one's free, baby. 
but you better come back to our show. I, I want some more of your good socks. Uh, enjoy, Louis. This, this was such a special one. We bumped it up in the rotation. We have some other episodes that are coming out that you're also going to like, but I couldn't wait to share this one with you guys. So enjoy, uh, Louis Anderson. Thank you again, Louis. It was uh, it was really wonderful. So guys, get into it. <laughs> yeah, don't rush it. Well, I mean, we don't really start. Pour some. I get dragged the same way. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Let's talk about our five favorite diet sodas, because you're drinking a Coke okay, Cherry well, Zero. I'm, I'm off diet soda. But you're drinking a diet soda. Well, that's... Hold on, I'm getting a cough drop, too. No, please. Because when, when I met you at Largo, yeah. you had just come off something that sounded very extreme... That you were that you were listening and, to your set. Come on, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. I loved it. Um, <laughs> but you had just come off a big health thing, a big health kick. Yeah. Which uh, was well, a health kick. It means you want to learn how to kick again. <laughs> I'm more of a. I just I slide my foot across. <laughs> yeah, you're a lazy kicker. Get, I've yeah, known I'm that about you. Kicker. For a long time, uh, but it's. I went like to a- Hippocrates, which is a Hippocrates Institute. Started, I guess, a, sixty or seventy years ago. Woman who had uh, was very ill, and she decided that she would. Refu- the doctors told her there's no chance for her to live, and she went. Uh, what, what I think she, she was German or Danish. I think she had cancer, but I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, I have the peripheral of the stuff. I didn't go in depth on what. Her, oh sure. You know what I mean. I heard the story. You got the elevator version. Well, no, I I think I read about it a little bit, and then I went okay, and then she went away, and she just ate sprouts and no meat and no dairy and no, and she just ate healthy. Yeah. And then after she she said she cured herself. Yeah, I hope that's where that story was Yeah, going. yeah, you And then she so, died yeah. miserable. Yeah, it was no, horrible. She was shocked. She, she, was, <laughs> she, was, she was getting sprouts in the woods, and they took her for a deer. And they, Which is definitely ironic, because she well, wasn't eating meat, and then right. she became. She be, yeah, yeah, and then she became, you know. But this is let food be thy medicine. And yeah, medicine that's what it is. And so they have this institute. Most people who go are very sick. Eddie Brill went. Oh yeah, and that's how I kind of made the. Did Eddie Brill was he, he ill? No, but he went there because it's really not just about being; it's about changing the way you live, right? So it's not really about for me or Eddie. It wasn't about being ill, right? For I was looking for uh, to kind of arrest the eating and to get and to try something different. Yeah, and so it was raw, which you're never prepared for. Yeah, well, I I was raw vegan for oh you were the whole, I oh, had a talk wow. show the whole time I was raw vegan. Oh my god! Well, it, it's because you have nothing to do uh, <laughs> except eat, you have to fix your food when you're raw, find it, then fix it. Yeah, and then fix by fixing it, I mean opening it. Yeah, uh, or plucking it out of the ground or whatever, yeah. washing it off. And um, did it make you feel good? Yeah, I felt good, and I haven't eaten meat since. That's great. Since August seventh, I just watched a good documentary called uh, "Food Choices." I love food documentaries. Oh, you do? I like to say I'm, I'm soft, but I'm very well informed. I love yeah. watching things about like you know, and they talk about how we don't need as much protein as we think we need, and like eating 
muscle is kind of never a good idea. That's kind of their point. Yeah. And, you know, also, I don't miss it. Is that right? No, not really. Because I said to you, bacon, even bacon, like I thought, oh, I'll miss bacon. Yeah. Or I'll miss Arby's, which is my secret. Is it really? Food. Our, my friend, my opener, Brent Sullivan, loves Arby's. Like, we got him a coupon for Arby's for his birthday. You did? Yeah, he really loves, unironically, super into Arby's. Doubles down on hor- horsey sauce, right? Yeah, that's like a horseradish. <laughs> but didn't you, that's what they tell you. Yeah. But didn't they, uh, you, so what did they do that made you not miss it? Because I'll tell you, I've, I've been juicing lately during yeah. the day. Yeah. And last night I had a few too many drinks and I ordered a salad. Like in my kind of drunken, hungry feeling, I ordered a yeah, salad. That's I was kind like, of interesting. Oh, wow. I've done it. I've yeah. passed the, the plateau. If you juice yeah. enough, that's what you think food is. Yeah. And you know, like, so, and so I did really well in the program. Yeah. But what they really do is that, well, you're with a group and everybody is so optimistic about sprouts <laughs> that you. <laughs> You get optimistic, and then the, this guy. What's well, contagious? Is that what you mean? Well, it was it was the first and the first four days out of three weeks? Oh wow! Your I was like there'd like be a gecko run across, and I'd go. I could. I have a toaster oven. I could. <laughs> you know, you think and not like. Oh, I could eat. I Fifteen could. minutes could get you a, yeah, a gecko sandwich. I, yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's no bread on the premises. Uh, <laughs> they have to shake you down for they, bread yeah, and simple, they, oh, simple yeah. carbohydrates. They'll throw people out if they have snacks and stuff. In Is there. that right? Yeah, and if the staff eats anything, oh, they're well. out too. See, that's how you do it. You could, yeah, you, you could have, have got to, paid to do it. You could have just worked there. You'd have to eat the. Yeah, diet. I don't want to do it. I don't want to have to do anything. <laughs> so tell so me. So anyway, so I went there, yeah. and then on Thursday I had. Two things happened. I kind of broke through the thing. And then a man spoke about the value of eating sprouts. Mm. Is this literally sprouts or is he saying like... No, but sprouts in your... They're not like just alfalfa sprouts. They're a hundred times a hundred kinds of sprouts. Wait, so anything really is eating sprouted. sprouts. So anything sprouted, oh. you know, so living. So their concept is living... Rough. Eat living stuff. Yeah, yeah. Eat, eat living. So yeah. kale. You were probably eating yeah. a lot of kale. I was not. I no? was not. I was eating the sprouts because they have a, <laughs> they have twenty five kinds of sprouts. They have sprouts in the an early form, you know, where they just sprouted. Yeah, and then they have the full growth. You know, you know, uh, you know, different kinds of radish How big sprouts. Did they, oh, okay, you know, they they're you know they're like the you know they're like the alfalfa sprouts. You know that type of thing, or what? What do they put on? Have you ever? Yeah, yeah. on like a sandwich. Yeah. So, kind anyways, a, they're, you know, they're they're an acquired thing. Nature's I, glass noodle. Yes, <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> but anyway, so on that Thursday, when he explained to me that any other food that sprouts had forty times the nutritional value than any other thing you could eat. Really? That made so much sense to me. I just said, well, that's a, that's like, that's it. It got in. Well, it just was like, that's the thing. Yeah. So. You were converted though. That's like your moment. Well, I was, uh, <laughs> I was interested. I was a conversion. That's where you're, that's where I'm brought sprouts with me to this. That's what, that's a conversion. Hold on. Let me pull out my sprout. Old sprout. Satchel. <laughs> But you, it got into your brain for it some got, reason. 
Well, I want to live healthier. Well, we all so know we... everything I've done for the 63 years has been unhealthy. Yeah. So, like, the food's easy for me now is getting the meat and everything because I've eaten everything. That's my concept. <laughs> You've done Like, it. I say to myself, hey, wouldn't it be nice to have some cake? And I go, you've had cake. <laughs> wouldn't it be nice? Because I wanted something sweet. You've I had wanted, cake. After I ate lunch, I had a vegetarian tacos, and I, I wanted something, the, you know, the sweet. The period at the end of I the I wanted seven. that sweet. So yeah. that's why I ended up with... A, a Coke Zero uh, cherry. Yes. Would you eat a watermelon or something like that? Would you eat a? Fruit? Yeah, but you know where do you, where is that? Where can you just? Stop? <laughs> hey, can I get a slice? I just want a slice. And could I cut it <laughs> so I get the size I want? Well, say, I could give you some watermelon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which is you know which is good. So I'm still. So you're just so eating that, bowls and bowls of. No, sprouts. no, no. I'm not. That's <laughs> no the, at the place like, though. At the yeah, place. yeah, yeah, yeah. Breakfast, yeah. lunch, dinner. Where? No, no. There's no breakfast. No breakfast. There's green juice for breakfast. Okay, so that they wanted me to eat. That's a breakfast because they wanted me to bring something in my blood up. Okay, you know, so they wanted me to have more hemoglobin. I think, yeah, I think that's what they actually wanted. Okay, um, and um, so I was eating. They had this gruel that I couldn't eat, and then I said, <laughs> "Do you have anything else?" And they said, "We have buckwheaties," and I go, "I'll take them." <laughs> And those are like grape nuts, sure, but harder. Okay, <laughs> and so and they, and the milk is buckwheat milk. Somehow they got milk out of the buckwheat, uh. and it's kind of a water base. But you can. It had a sense of oh, I can eat this. You're eating it, so yeah, I do eat it. I do, what I know. mean is like you're going through the motion of eating. Yes, but it, it also was satisfying to me. So. I understand. So, because my head was in a, a new place. So. It's actually one of the reasons I keep watermelon on hand. I, I don't smoke I think, pot yeah. a lot, but if yeah. you do and you cut a mini watermelon in half and you eat it, it gives that stupid stone part of you the satisfaction. I'm scooping, I'm eating, I'm scooping. Oh, like, nice. gives yeah. you that little project to <laughs> that's do. Good. Yeah, that's a good thing. Keeps you away from ice cream or whatever. Yeah, and I don't, you know, like I have these tiny ice cream sandwiches in uh-huh. my refrigerator that are not, you know, the company. Oh, cuties to foodies? I think they are, but is it? Uh, yeah, those I are. Yeah, sure. I have no idea. I think that. we have. I think Val has. Yeah. Some. So uh, and but it's amazing because I hardly ever eat them. Yeah. So it's funny. I'm trying. I think what I'm trying to do is, you know, how you have a big circuit board mm-hmm. in your life, and I had everything going. Every circuit was on, mm-hmm. food, food yeah. wise, yeah, and sensation wise, yeah. And so I've started to shut down different parts of that. And so um, I'm interested that you can still dabble in sugar. Because, I'm not judging. I'm just like yeah, yeah. you can eat a little bit and not have that part of your brain go. Well, let's go back to cake. Yeah. No. I. No. I. Uh, I, I. So let me explain what happened. Yeah. Please. So then I came. I got out of there like a week. Before I went to start shooting the second season of Baskets. Mm-hmm. More Baskets. More Baskets. <laughs> yeah. Bas- <laughs> Which, by the way, so amazing. I'm thank so happy you, for you. Thank you so we much. We were just watching some before you came out. We watched it as it came out, but oh, also so watched sweet. it before. You're so amazing. And you're so funny. You're a legend. I never say the nice things oh, up top. It's well, a thrill to yeah, be talking to you. Oh, that's so sweet. And we had so much fun at Largo, and you were so generous. And oh, thank you. It was kind, a great but, time. So anyways, I'm doing this thing and i get done and so my intentions are to move right from that 
into being a healthy Louie on the whole shoot of there. Yeah. Had a talk with the craft service guy who's a vegan. His yeah. wife's a vegan, raw vegan. Oh, wow. And he's a vegetarian. And so I had it all set up. Give me the wheatgrass. Give me some sprouts. <laughs> call me healthy. And then it, I completely derailed. And I think it had to do with all the things that were happening. You know, I did the thing. The show, you mean? Yeah, doing the show. The stress. Yeah, the stress. I think stress. It, it got to me. I noticed when I was, I would just shot a show with Judd, and I congratulations. Noticed, Thank you. And what is the name of your new show? I would. It's called him. Crashing. Oh, I'm so excited oh. about it. I've heard really nice things. Honestly. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm that's so exciting. happy. It'll be out in February. Yeah, I was talking to somebody who said they loved your sketch show that you had. Oh yeah. On the way over here. Oh no way. Yeah, that was so, so nice. I'm going to Pete Holmes. I go. Do you know who that is? And they went, yeah, yeah, I loved his, uh, his I was going to say animated, because I'm old. But they, I loved his sketch show. Oh, and that's I go, great. Yeah, well, good for you. I'm glad you liked his sketch show. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but you I'm were, really... She's very upset. No, I wasn't at all. Oh, that's great. Well, when I was doing it, I was shocked. I was so healthy up until the day I started shooting, it's, literally. Yeah, yeah oh, and, I think that's fascinating. And then it kicked in, and I was like, oh, I think I need to eat pizza. And I'm vegan. I don't eat pizza. Yeah. Next thing like I, I was, I was in, eating pizza. Like I was <laughs> Not saying, a lot, but. what's over on the thing to the person? Because they have a person who kind of takes care of a big whining actor. <laughs> they said, we got you someone for this year. And that's a sign of saying you're a pain in the butt. We got you someone who, when you want something, they'll get it. Oh, that's a mistake. Um, <laughs> you think you're helping. Yeah. You're making yes. this much, oh, much worse. Oh, my God. Um, I was just saying to Valerie, she always jokes that I blame smoking pot on her because she likes pot and now it's around more, but that's not true. I, I enjoy it as well. But I was saying, we used to have this vape sitting right here because we're on my couch, we're at my house. Yeah. And I was like, I can't have a... They, I can't. It's like if you have to go outside yeah. and smoke and make a bowl or whatever you call it, and you smoke it, and you, it, it's yeah. this whole ritual. I won't do it. But if there's just a button that's the called "get very high" button, I'll do it. Yeah, so it's, it's like same. having a sugar lick here. Yeah, exactly. Next to me, I don't want a I sugar lick. <laughs> You know, like a salt lick for animals. Of like course. I had a sugar lick when I was a kid. So what I'm saying is they took the steps. If you wanted a Danish, it used to be you'd have to get up, walk, find the fucking yeah. Danish. Now you can just tell, you know, Dave to go get it for you. Yeah. Is that what so, it was? Yes, but uh, Aida is her name, but uh, Dave wouldn't take the job. Uh, <laughs> her name was Aida? I, her name is Aida, yeah. That's fun because it's in bringing you things to eat. Yeah, but oh, Aida. Oh, Aida. I never even thought of that. Aida Dane. You're a wordsman. Um, I'm, I'm stuck in here. <laughs> but um, so I derailed. And so two weeks ago. What was it that broke you? Specifically, do you remember like the food or the moment? Exa- I was not being, I was, I was worried I couldn't, I couldn't do the 12 hour days. You didn't have the energy. I didn't have any. I just was really hurting. And don't you find that it's the? It's not so much that you're. Well, it sounds like you were hurting. Well, no, but it's. It was a. It was like, oh my god, this is no good. Mm. You know, one day I just went. I can't stop eating, so I went to Overeaters Anonymous meeting, and then um, that helped me a great deal, just because it's so important to show up where um, you can just. You know, be thankful and grateful and the humbled by that yeah. whole idea. And 
then um do you share yeah sure i th- I always think it's interesting when celebrities go to these yeah, there's meetings. no one there's no you know because people will go hey i love your stuff and i go hey uh, it's anonymous <laughs> is that and right go, oh i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry I, I won't ever do that and then every time you see them they go i don't want to break your anonymity <laughs> but because oh, <laughs> that's what it and is that, and that's very but it's supposed that's to be, supposed to be something for me to deal with too so i shouldn't take that all what do you so mean personal. that's supposed to well i should just realize that their intentions are not and they obviously don't understand the consequences to me of it mm-hmm. and i'm aware of all assets uh, are all not assets but all angles on this mm-hmm. so come on louis okay <laughs> you know what i'm saying i do so i have to you know what i mean but if no, you're so, sharing it's 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 similar to yeah, what you do for well, i don't give them anything they can write about <laughs> yeah, um, but, oh i don't even mean on a gossip level it's no it's almost more, like you get up and uh, do people laugh more i think it's interesting you know it's like you're being you, you know like, actually you know like i am i'm a very like i think like you are i think a serious person too i am a like all person, comics yeah. you know yeah. they were really we really would have been just much better as serious actors but, <laughs> which is why it's fun to transition and so and when go you get a job things. like that you're yeah. so thankful yeah but anyway so and then i still couldn't get control of my food and then i said i'm not gonna eat any food i'm just gonna have liquids really for a week like a juice fast not a juice fast, a little different. Just a fast? No. <laughs> I'm going to keep guessing. You can. Go ahead. Let's see if a it's Coke there. Zero Hold on a cherry. Let's see if it's... <laughs> um, I said in the morning, I'm going to have I, some, some pea protein shake mm-hmm. and um, almond milk. And then I can have anything I want liquid-wise. Okay. Gave myself permission. Okay. So I was eating soups, and I'd puree them. Uh-huh. You know? Sure. Vegan soups, usually. Yeah. You know? But sometimes, like minestrone, that could not maybe not be completely vegan. Minestrone is vegan. You can okay. get it vegan. Well, it depends on the yeah. stock. So I was doing that. So that was a big challenge. Because to, to give up food... Yeah, because it's different. Liquid is different than food for me. Is that right? Yeah, it's completely different. The tactile thing. The... It is. I don't know. It's a, it's it's liquid. It doesn't do it for you. It doesn't blow your hair. It off. isn't the thing that. <laughs> it isn't the thing I want. It's the thing I need. Right. So You're... that so that really was, and so I did it Monday through Friday while I was working. You the did whole it whole week. Get I did the out whole of week. here. And then Friday night I broke the fast. Yeah. You know, I had um, some sushi, okay. which was not, you know, I didn't go, but no, I didn't have sushi. I had a can of tuna, some hummus, some uh, black corn chips or blue corn chips, you yeah. know those? Yeah. And some olives. Okay. That's what I had. You had the Mediterranean plate. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, because I love tuna and I love salmon and yeah, yeah. love all that stuff. And then. But when you did that, that it, it's almost like concerning to me did someone consult you to do that because no i but i i checked i checked with a nurse that i know i said i'm gonna do this and she said i'm not sure about it and i go well listen i'm gonna make sure i get enough protein i'm gonna take my vitamins 
and I'm going to get enough liquids, and I'm going to have do enough calories. Yeah, you know, I'm going to have that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to overthink this. I'm going to break this deal I got. Hmm. And then I was eating, you know, soup like three or four times a day. So it wasn't just a little, you know, it was, but it was just a cup of soup. Yeah, and it was, it was definitely under two thousand calories. Probably, mm-hmm. I probably needed, but I made sure I had enough protein with the pea protein you know, three times a day in those shakes mm-hmm. with the almond milk and the, you know, that stuff. But I guess what concerns me is it sounds very much like, obviously, you struggle with food addiction. And then it's almost like you remind me a little bit of like a Christian, because I grew up Christian, who's oh, struggling with porn addiction and then goes into How some sort of like... Porn? I was in food. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like an extreme... Because of your emotional tie to it, I'm worried that it comes from a I, I mean, not loving, self-loving place. Were you being no, hard No, I on wasn't yourself? being hard on myself. You weren't. That makes I me need, happy. I guess I was just yeah, concerned. I need to stop eating. <laughs> I, need to stop, I need to stop letting food have control of me. Okay. So That's was, so different. I was arresting like the food. I see. And it was all around me. And I really looked at it. I've been looking at food really squarely in the eye, you know, mm-hmm. like face to face and just going, you know, I'm really, I'm really, and it's, you know, I guess there's a sense of mourning mm. with it, mm-hmm. but I'm done with it in that sense. And so I thought, okay, well, this is the test, isn't it? Mm. So what's Saturday going to bring? Mm-hmm. So and what's Saturday, Saturday I ate a very healthy breakfast. And I ate the sushi then for lunch, and then I ate the sa- I ate salmon and um, a kale salad and a kale some- salmon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and then I ate uh, some yams with it. Uh huh. And um, underrepresented the yams. Sweet potato gets all the press. Yeah, I love yams. <laughs> I love sweet potatoes too. So. So you changed, then, you, and, you've changed your perspective. And then this morning I got up, I had oatmeal, and then I went to this shoot. I did a Michael Bolton thing, which was really funny today. <laughs> Michael Bolton was shooting a Valentine's special, and he had a bunch of celebrities do these cameos on phones, like a phone bank. <laughs> and it was just fun to be around Michael Bolton because he's a sweet guy. Yeah. And he's, you know, that's the voice. He's got such an unbelievable voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he knows... And he's got a humor about himself, which Captain is really... Jack Sparrow, yeah, yeah all yeah. that stuff. So it's really cool stuff. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, so there was a big food truck there preparing stuff when I walked in. And, you know, who doesn't want to have a burrito that you don't even know you've eaten? <laughs> you swear someone else ate so you, a ghost you know, So I'm looking at... I looked at all, <laughs> I look at all that stuff scoring the face. And, you know, the last time I had great success with losing weight yeah. was when I w- went into this particular place where i was being completely honest about the food and you know and what does that mean are, are you honest with what it means to you is there an emotional component well i mean you know I, i'm honest about the idea of am i really hungry i just had oatmeal <laughs> yeah so i'm you know i'm trying to i'm trying to learn about my hunger right when did it start for you? Do you remember yeah, having that a relationship I, with food as a kid that was yeah like, i'm you know my dad uh my dad was a violent alcoholic, and he would be a cruel man to everybody. And and then after the siege, alcoholics they have seizures. Mm. You know, they come in, they uh, 
They, you know, they they are like a nuclear, a mini nuclear bomb. Yeah. That goes off, and then the fallout fallout lingers. Yeah. In the house, they're done. Yeah. They've 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 spent their shells, you know, their ammunition. They're done, right, right. and they're passed out, or they're they're da- they're down to a manageable level, and then my mom would feed us. Hmm. So it was a real, uh, you know, a lot of comfort stuff. My my parents were all both have stopped drinking, but and it wasn't violent or whatever. But there was an ir- irregularity. I'm just trying to relate that I remember tense family dinners. You know, just kind of. I don't want to shit on my family, but at the same time, they were a little tense. Like my parents. Well, you know, you were, you know, because you're the, you know, you you're in their sunshine, basically. You know, you're yeah. in their proximity. Yeah. So you would feel all the different That's things. That's exactly right. It's just, I mean, you know, it's like alcoholics have no idea that the fallout or the problems, you know, parents aren't aware. And, you know, not that they even should be in a sense if they weren't made aware. You right. know what I mean? You mean, um, I think it's a more modern parenting thing to be like, your your energy is coming off on yeah, the children. Yeah. Like much more modern, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, like what... 10 to 15 to 20 years right. at the most. I would say so. Yeah. And my dad was... I, I Playing love music for the baby. That's a... <laughs> right? That's... Uh, yeah. You know, we were p- playing The Price is Right for the baby. <laughs> now, that son of a bitch. That's not the right price. God damn it. You know? Yes. That was the baby. That's, That's what right. the baby heard. But here you are like a tape recorder recording everything. And I, I would eat a lot because it would calm me down. Like when right. you're digesting... Yeah. You I wasn't able to worry as much. You're not able to worry as much if you're really full and kind of burning it off. And also, I'd put on little shows to kind of break tension. You did? I wonder if you were the same. Yeah, I, Well, I, I put on... Yeah, I mean, I was the peacekeeper. That's what my mom calls me. I, yeah, look, well, yeah. I wrote down peacekeeper because oh, I was going to so ask funny. you about this. My mom but called just, me the peacekeeper. I just want to... Because you brought up something that yeah. I hadn't really thought about. Please. So, when we are born into the family there's a stew that you know that stew that takes place you know that that's being stirred mm-hmm. you know that we're a part of mm-hmm. that, that's what we get that we breathe in or we eat or whatever it is i don't mean physically uh, yeah. any of it but emotionally and we in we're born with an insatiable amount of everything you know, hopefully talent and intelligence and emotions and dread and all that mm-hmm. stuff, right? It's all there. Yeah. It's all there. In a baby. Like when so we yeah. choose what satisfies it. And because we, in my family, there was no positive, nobody went, hey, uh, run it off. Hey, <laughs> uh, take some, you know, learn piano. Mm. You know, learn. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The outlets that people are doing with their kids now, right? That was not a practice with my in my era. And what grows is what we're watering. And you were probably watering. It sounds like there was some discontent. There was some. Well, yeah, but also the but my activity was the food, right? Or my activity was, you know, the the dread or whatever the thing that goes along with all that. Because so. Mm-hmm. So whatever that parent, I think this is right, plays out, you play out mm. to a greater or lesser degree. Mm-hmm. You do it in your own way. But you're part it's of like when people say, I'll never be like my parents, but they're just like them. 
but in a different way. Yeah. But they're just like them. They're yeah. playing out the seven notes that they grew up listening to. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Right? Right. Right? Yeah, that's right. Isn't that's that great. It? And so... That's very well put. You know, what I'm trying to do is take a, you know, to, to realize those notes exist and to play them and to learn a new melody with them. Mm. Hmm. You know, that's, that's basically... And I'm 63... And so I tell people now that are having difficulties, I go, I hate to say it this way, but it will get better, but you're going to have to wait or work a lot harder. Mm. You know, because people don't work hard on themselves. That's right. I did yeah. lots and lots of therapy, but... Is that right? Yeah, I did tons. And I tell people, I go, you can't, you can't do enough therapy. Yeah. I go, you know, and I go, and don't worry about if the therapist's good. It's the process that matters. Mm. Just showing up. Yeah, just, just caring enough about yourself to go do the therapy. Yeah. Don't you think? Oh, I, I love therapy. And I yeah. love therapy days. I yeah. love when, it's, I call them haircut days, car wash days. They're these days where you're yeah. doing something good for yourself. And it kind of changes. I, I joke with my therapist, Dr. Gary Penn, whose book is available now. There's always a jip. Uh, you shouldn't say jip. It's a slur. To yeah, it is. Uh, it's, uh, my, my, one of my sisters once said, hey, just Jew the guy down. <laughs> I said, oh, my God. Oh, no. In front of a Jewish friend. But no, no. They laughed. So my oh. friends were... They knew that I didn't have any control over that. Yeah, well. Yeah, because, you know, that's a good friend that wouldn't take that. They can look the other way. Well, if a friend t- takes that personal, they're taking it. I mean, my sister didn't know what she was even saying. I dig. Right. She goes, oh, is that what that's all about? I go, yeah. Because I don't think people always know where something comes from. I don't think people in my family you know, know where Jip, Jip comes from. Yeah. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to do a little bit better. Gypsum, right? Isn't that what it's from? <laughs> <laughs> You know that was the na- that was uh, that was the name of the 3M company, Minnesota Mining and Gypsum. I think is that right? And manufacturing, but they manufactured gypsum, which is a roofing product. I think oh, well. that stinks. That smells like tar, kind of. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> gyp, well, which would be from gypsies. Hey, right? <laughs> when I go to therapy, it sometimes a, can feel like a waste because I'm like, I'm telling you, yesterday I woke up and I felt kind of despondent but today i woke up and i feel good and i think it's partly because i know i'm going to therapy it almost makes me oh, happy you went today or you're going today no it's it's on days that i go i, oh, I haven't okay. been going because of the show i, I actually have to get back into it but i'm a yeah. big believer in therapy and i'm like i'm giving self-exploration and and really laying out the inventory of who i am and what i think well we're both just looking for more material <laughs> well that is a nice <laughs> no we want, want we want to i mean ultimately i want to just be completely happy Sure. And I don't think that, I think that's a state of mind. Uh, there's a really good book called The Happiness Advantage. If you want to read a really wonderful book about happiness by Sean uh, Acor, A-C-H-O-R, I think, A-C-H-O-R. And what, is, what does he say? Well, he's, uh, he, were, he was a teacher at Harvard and, you know, Harvard, the most stressful place for students. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a three point nine six eight five ten you're 12. in the bottom ten <laughs> percent you're, you're just a loser you know or whatever um, this is what and he found this idea. group of students mm-hmm. that was always that they were always happy hmm. and, and then was- he started well it was about you know it was a series of things but it all broke down to you know so he started doing going all over and finding people who were happy that weren't should have no happiness in their lives mm. 
and it's a beautiful and it's a short book and it's got I just it just you know like it basically what I boiled it down to was I'm happy. Hmm. I should be as happy as can can be. Mm-hmm. There, somebody just emailed me a study because we talk about happiness a lot on this podcast, and they were saying that people whose minds wander, even if they're wandering to happy things, tend to be less happy. And people who can like settle and focus on just like one the task at hand tend to be happier. So, do you think that's like comics? Like we have a thing. Well, they talk about that we the flow. can do. Yeah, that we can. You know, cause you can do one thing. Like I have a friend who's an unbelievable. Ha- unbelievably happy when he's gardening. Yeah. When he's taking care of the lawn. Yeah. And it looks beautiful. Like people stop and take pictures of the whole yard. Wow. And I think, well, that's true contentment. If that can make you that happy. Well, they talk about flow. They talk, have you seen the documentary Happy? It's, it's good. No, I haven't. It's, I believe it's on Netflix. And they talk to a fry cook who's in one of those busy diners and he's flipping grilled cheeses all day. Yeah. And he's so happy. And I was like, that's like me with stand up there. Like, if you have one thing that totally consumes you, and I have to imagine when you're doing an hour of stand up, you're not wondering like where your car is parked. You're just doing an hour of stand up, wouldn't you say? Yeah. In fact, I'm not even thinking about, I am hopefully so hooked in Mm. to the flow. You're not thinking anything. I'm not thinking. Yes. I'm feeling. Because if you're feeling, that's when the great stuff comes. I mean, the thinking's automatic. The brain will, will think no matter what. Yeah. The brain loves to think and the ego loves to drive the thinking. Yeah. But the heart... If it's just flowing, those guys fall in line. That's right. The brain and the ego, they fall in line when the heart's open because they can't compete. On a, on, on the, on, they don't have anywhere near that the, the heart has. I couldn't have said it better. I love talking about that sort of stuff, and that's completely yeah. true. It feels like a it's heart It's hard place. to open your heart, though. That's my prayer every morning yeah. as, I, as I, I ask for an open heart. It's not easy. But yeah. I think the asking helps. I'm not even saying there's something. I start my day with prayers. What do you, what do you pray for? Uh, well, I <laughs> Maybe pray that's for, personal. <laughs> no, I pray for others. I pray, first, I give great thanks, and I have a series of prayers that I do that, are, that I invented, I guess. And then I read a, the little book called Jesus Calling that a fan gave me in 2005. <laughs> in 2005, I was in... Uh, I was in um, Bally's, and I had a fan who was a huge fan, loved me. Just She was just <laughs> loves me, this woman. And um, I used to take the end of December until, like, um, you know, the middle of January off. You know, because it was sure. a terrible time for selling tickets. Yeah. So when I came back, this little present was there. It was a little book called Jesus Calling. And it was a daily devotional, so it was January, and the... Devotional started, and, yeah, and I started reading it, and it's I loved reading it, and it made me feel better, and I've given it to many many people, and it just always seems, which I think prayer prayer books and different philosophy things give you is, it gives you, uh, it it always makes sense, it seems to hit you know like, uh, you know what. Today is, I forget what today is, but I read it like three or four times a day. Every time hmm. I walk into that room, I pick the book up and read it. No way. And I have it on my phone, so if I'm just sitting, then I'll, I'll open it. And uh, so let's see what today yeah, is. Just for the fun today. of it. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. And it's a great little book. And it's a missionary in 
Australia who is a missionary to the Japanese in Australia, which I thought was weird. And she wrote this book for her mother. It's uh, Sarah, what's Sarah's last name? Sarah, it's, it's uh, Sarah, you can do it. <laughs> I can't believe you remembered Acor. <laughs> That's how hard, yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I was very know. impressed. I was yeah, quietly I impressed. Of, but this is approaching, approach problems with a light touch. When your mind moves toward a problem area, you tend to focus on that situation so intensely that you, mo- you might lose sight of me. Hmm. You pit yourself against the difficulty as if you had to conquer it immediately. Your mind gears up for a battle and your body becomes tense and anxious. Unless you achieve total victory, you feel defeated. There's a better way. When a problem starts to overshadow your thoughts, bring this matter to me. Talk with me about it and look at it in the light of my presence. This puts some much needed space between you and your concern, enabling you to see from my perspective. You'll be surprised at the results. Sometimes you may even laugh at yourself for being so serious about something so insignificant. You always face trouble in this life, but more importantly, you'll always have me with you, helping you to handle whatever you encounter. Approach the problem with a light touch by viewing them. Approach problems with a light touch by viewing them uh, in my revealing light. And then it gives... uh, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you. You walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. Psalms eighty nine fifteen, and then the, that. So this is where this was gotten from. Hmm. So this person, Sarah, I think that's her name. Uh, then the next one is: I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. John sixteen. 33. So she has taken it on herself, which is interesting, right? Mm -hmm. To, I was just going to see if I could get her name so she could get the props. Sarah (laughs) Young. She has Jesus Calling, Jesus Today, Jesus Lives. She's found found what sells. (laughs) And I just, I, I bought some of the other ones, but this is the one that is like a little companion to me. And it's a great place. For me to center myself every day, so I get up and I talk. I do those prayers. Well, you, and to, yeah, then uh, that's a really good thing for me to know that there's something else I can be uh, that I can acknowledge rather than myself, my ego, and my rather than I be jumping into a problem, into a into the day, into the event. Why don't I take a minute? to reflect on the fact that I'm, I may not need to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, what you just read is an encouragement to look at things from some sort of outside eternal perspective. And that's yeah. what I like to think of Christ as, the Christ right. as, as, as eternity, as, yeah, as, like as the being. I am. As the I am. I am, yeah. That's exactly so right. I am. I so am. You when you zoom I mean? out on your problems a little bit, you can. It's funny that it says you can laugh. It, it does help calm you down. Something that Ramdas says is that peace only exists in the soul. I think that's such an interesting yeah, idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. He yeah. goes, it can only exist in the ego for the briefest of moments. Yeah. Because, like you said, the brain thinks about things and it dwells and it regurgitates. But the briefest of moments is eternity to some people like us. 
<laughs> Isn't <laughs> what that you true? Mean? You mean well, you mean you think it's a brief moment, mm. but in our minds, it's so it's magnified. Not mm. in yours, maybe, but in mine. Sometimes the briefest of moments is terrifying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It isn't necessarily brief in the sense. Oh, I see. You're talking about I'm the, talking about the, the actual agony. Time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just talking about the measurement of when you look. I think we're saying the same thing. Looking back and going, why did I even think about Why did I let that bother me? Yeah. You know? But when we step into the thing observing the problem, which, ha- which is a part of you, the part that has the problem, you're going, I have this problem. And then if you can identify in the thing that's seeing the problem... That's where peace lies. I, you know, sometimes these techniques work and sometimes it takes a little doing, but it does help me when I'm anxious to try and be in the part of me that's noticing the anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> what did that make that you think? That was exhausting. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure I... I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I... have I don't have to read that again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But when you're on stage, you're at peace. I, I, that's what we were talking about. When you're in that flow and you're not yeah. thinking, I, I can't tell you how things like what I just said and the types of things that I like to trip out on philosophies of life, how they make perfect sense after a stand-up set. It's not uh, after a drink yeah, or, or, right. a, or or a smoke. It's it's after a stand-up set, that's when I'm like, oh my God, I'm so blissed out right now. And everything feels interconnected and beautiful. And you know why, right? Tell me why you think. Well, I think it's evident if people really look at it. Because you're wide open, they're wide open, and there's nothing in between you. Mm-hmm. And it's complete trust, and it's love and no fear, and it's wide open. Mm-hmm. So it's like flushing out a radiator. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like in the in Minnesota, you have to flush out your radiator for the winter. Or the <laughs> am I going? To, am I? I'm a, I am a mic mover with the microphone. <laughs> but Katie's uh, the best. She'll tweak the levels. <laughs> All right. But you know, like what you're saying is that. Well, what do you think it is? I think it's just that I, I, yeah. I'm not just copying your answer. I think that's exactly what it is. It's agreement. It's yeah. solidarity. It's an individual buys a ticket and then becomes an audience. And then that becomes a show when the performer. And, and I think it's even like when you say agreement, I think it's an agreement to be open to the idea, mm. even if it isn't fit well hmm. with who, what, with who you are or what you, what you believe. Yeah, you're going. Like, and I think that that's crucial right now with the Trump situation. Is like, to flow or be open? Is to be, like, is to be in agreement that so I can actually see it from a place that isn't so high and mighty. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, so I can see it from a place of, as, you know, because um, sometimes. Uh, you know, sometimes it's really good to be on the other side. You know, like Jonathan Kreisel said, hey, we're off the hook. About Trump, you mean? We don't have to worry about what happens. <laughs> he said, because we don't have to worry about if Hillary's going to do a good job. And That's interesting. You know, it was really fascinating what he said, because it helped me, like, go, yeah, I didn't realize it, but I do feel like I'm off the hook. Yeah. Like, you know, I would be so upset if, 
if it didn't go well and yeah and you know there is a, there is a relief associated with that. See, yeah. it's funny how we all are. I'm not saying we're looking for silver linings, but we're looking for new ways to interpret. At least I am. What happened uh, to to? Because I'm not a fan of panic. I don't like fear, and I don't like panic. I've been doing stand up since the election, obviously, and I go with the I need a laugh model. I'm not yeah. going to talk. Oh, about that's it. good. That's I'm good. I'm not going to ravel people's fears or whatever. But I, Instead I of the I need a drink model. <laughs> well, I do need that, too. I do need that. Give me a drink and a little toke <laughs> and a line. Could you do a line of the 405 back and forth? But there's, that, there's, something very, there's something very interesting. I catch myself trying to think of there have to be reasonable, loving, open people that are happy that he won. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand that. That's and not if me. You could really, really look. Yeah, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, it's tricky to talk about because I yeah. want to be clear that I am in mourning and it's okay to mourn mm-hmm. and we don't need to have experience. And, and I'm a straight white male and I feel unqualified to even address yeah. the horrors of what's happening. And, and I'm very sad and I alternate between crying and throwing up a lot of the time. But I, I do catch myself going like somebody out there is saying... Uh, well, it's really good for this. It's really good for the laboring class. It's good for. It's very good for factory or whatever. It's. I don't know. I. I haven't heard great answers. I look at it like this. I try and think of them. <laughs> this is what I really look at it like. Please tell me because I need help. You know when you see a great muscly motorcycle. Yeah. And all of the testosterone in you says, "I like to get one of those. I like to get one of those. <laughs> I like to have my own hog. Yeah. <laughs> I like to have that. Right. Yeah. Sure." And then somebody lets you get on a motorcycle and drive it, <laughs> and you feel the power and how close you came to killing yourself. Yes. And that's what's happening. These people wanted to drive the biggest motorcycle in the world, hmm. and now they're going to have a chance to do it. And I have a belief that they are going to be very careful about the driving. Hmm. I hope you're that's right. That's what my belief is. That's great. I, I, I hope you're right. Because... because it, it uh, they are they may be they may have said and done things that seem insane but when it comes down to the the serious challenge i think sometimes people grow up or grow into it mm. at least that's my hope of it it's see what i hear there this is a difficult time for empathy and i think it's an important yeah. time for empathy and understanding the most important time is when it's much easier to go oh my god yeah this is going to be horrible yeah but i do not know that to be true well i like what Chappelle said on snl did you see that yeah i did he was like i'm yeah. going to give him a shot and i hope he gives me yeah a shot and too. i saw someone criticize him about it a black woman on cnn criticize him um, she thought he should have started by saying the disenfranchised instead of the way he did it. And I thought, interesting. See, it's all the perspective, like your perspective, my perspective, her perspective, his perspective, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like I did a joke the other night at the comedy store. I go, well... I do like the tax cut thing. <laughs> I think it's And I don't I, think that's I'm not trying to be like, you know, salacious. No, but I hate to get that word in a spelling bee. Uh, oh my god. That, I don't know if it's an S or a C. I, I am out of yeah. my depth with I that one. I just know that I'm uh, 
<laughs> a big red that, X. Or that ding, one of the two, I'm out. Um, but, but I've heard other people say that. People are desperate for something to go like, maybe this is it. I don't know. I just want to go back to that thing that... Um, that... that uh, I don't know. I... I I think that you know the only the only thing I get scared of is if people's rights and people's self-respect and people's needs and people's marriages and people's marriages yeah, yeah are um are going to be encroached on and yeah. my belief is they're not because I don't think I don't think Donald Trump cares who you're married to I hope you're right. I don't think he does. I don't I mean, think if yeah. I really did think. First of all, he's in. He was in show business, right? So he had an arc on WWF. <laughs> I mean, do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I do. I he's a showman. He's, and, a, he's in show business and debating and, and blustering. Was, well, and the worst thing that he would want is to look bad. Oh, interesting. So you think he's going to have a quiet part that wants to I think he would like people? to go down as one of the greatest presidents ever. Right. I know that sounds Katie, insane. Katie left. I know it sounds insane, but you know that's what that's the that would be the best we could hope for, wouldn't it? Well, it's when Obama said we're all rooting for him. I'm like, yeah. that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I bet there's quiet moments where he's like, "Oh shit, I just got this fucking boring ass, you know, diplomatic service job." Oh no. But we are, what if we do tell him, like, we want you to be good, please be good. And then he opens up to the showbiz of it and be like, maybe I could be really good. But, you know, I have I to know. say, I have to say um, the enormity of what he's going to find out hmm. about the the real world. Well, the fact that he's getting the defense briefings already. Yeah, is but I mean the enormity of of what's going on out there that we don't, we aren't tuned into every day. Yeah, that they are, because you know that's 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 humongous. Yeah, and I believe that we'll never stand, not one bit, for the other stuff. For what other stuff? The stuff you're worried about. Like we won't have it. We as we, a people, we won't allow it. The fight, and even the people who you might think would allow it are past that. We're past that now. There's no going back. There's no repealing that kind of stuff. Mm. None of that stuff. I just don't want to believe that that's going to happen. I hope and if right. it does, I'll be the first person there protesting it. Yeah. I mean, you know, in a car sitting on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll get out and go, yes, Mom, when you come up here, I'm going to be with you. <laughs> can of tuna. But I can't walk too far. Some olives. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I know that. I know that people are really worried. I know that people are wor- really worried, but I think what people did vote for was something different than people think they voted for. I think people voted for, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Hmm. I think people want to change even at the risk of what they could lose. I heard some people saying hmm. they didn't have the luxury of caring that he was a bigot or a sexist or... Uh, putting down disabled people they were like well we don't have health insurance or land or jobs this these are these are these are things that i'm reading and trying to understand well let's just we won't dwell on this too long because we don't want people to get too bummed out yeah sure i mean 
Well, just let you lead that. I, mean, <laughs> I don't need to control this, but no. one of the things I just want to say one more thing. I would love to hear your thoughts. I mean, I just want to say one more thing about this in the sense of um, I think when you don't have a job, like I can't imagine if I could no longer do what I do, how long before they would take my apartment or house my car away mm-hmm. and what and if I couldn't get another job even though I tried because I'm 63 what would I do yeah what are those people going to do and that's what I think people you do. think they broke the glass in case of emergency sort of thing I think they just said I can't get a job yeah and my family needs money and I can't I can't draw this $65 a week check on social security or whatever it is right and I think they just said we need something different because right. we can't get a job. This is the Michael like, Moore thing. Yeah. Did you, yeah. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. I mean, I think that it was just like, well, yeah, I'm, hey, I want everybody to love e- each other too, but I can't get a job. Right. I need money. I need to live. See, it's great. To I see. can't even pay my truck payment. Right. <laughs> yes. No, but I just yeah. mean I don't yeah. have a... And I know that sounds ridiculous, but where a lot of people are in the luxury of being able to be more high-minded, yeah. Then, and we don't take into account the people who are living. We, you know, there are seventy million people in this country living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. That's seventy million people who are a paycheck away from being homeless. Mm. Seventy million. I mean, we are in a luxury, we're luxury, we're in the luxury box. Right. We can hardly see those people. Right. So what happens is you think in a high-minded way, and I don't mean this in any disrespect to anybody, because, you know, I was as shocked as anyone, but I saw it right away, the first two states that went. I go, this is going to be a landslide. I had that same, oh I, my God, I know a lot I just, of people are claiming that, but No, but I was I like, did. I, Kentucky I and Indiana, really... I think it was. Yeah. And I went, oh. What? Yeah. Just like that? Right. We can predict him as a winner? And I go, oh, it's over. And I kept right. hoping it wasn't, that I was wrong. And Daisy, hi, Daisy. <laughs> Brody, it doesn't I, matter. I like, he likes Daisy better. <laughs> do you like Daisy better? Do you like Daisy better? Don't look at me if you do. Okay. <laughs> what, um, anyways. So. I need that stuff. I need, and people need, I think. We need to think like that. We need to, And we're in California. That's another thing. I know. We're in California. Yeah, but the so. day after the election, I went to Ohio to do a show. And yeah. It was nice to see... A show. That's what I'm talking about. That ah, agreement. I did a yeah. show. It was at college, and most I love the people uh, that I talked to. I, do were I like the bummed people. out. Yeah, me too. But they're really good. It was nice to go out and see that the the air wasn't on fire. You yeah, know what I'm saying? That's good. Yeah. I walked around going like, "Oh, people are still drinking coffee." Ah! You know what I mean? I was like, "Oh, look that that guy's talking All on the phone." Really that sorry. was great. But we we need help. You know something that I tried to use empathy as a bit, as I said, I think some conservative people feel about guns the way I feel about, we feel about phones. Yeah. yeah. It's like, imagine if a candidate was like, they're going to take away your phone. But I think women, (laughs) gays, all those people should know that we'll all be protecting them. That all those people should know that. And what, you know, white men have to be way aware of that right now. That, that all those things, blacks, Hispanics, 
all all people who are vulnerable. We, we all people who are there, we're all there for them. Hmm. I think people are on high alert. I think people are on shifts hmm. right now. Really, seriously. Well, I, I don't. I, if that happened, I know. And I mean, I just would imagine that you. And, and what was your first name again? Katie. Katie. I'm really sorry, Katie. It's terrible. <laughs> you just called my dog Daisy. Didn't yeah. give a shit. <laughs> Katie and and Pete and me. We'd be. We would be there. We would. It's the safety pin thing. It wouldn't. Yes. It wouldn't even be a question. Right. There wouldn't be a, like we wouldn't be waiting to see what happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're post I think this I think people are letting that be known. Yeah. And I don't think and I I really believe this. And I could be so wrong cuz I've been so wrong about so many things. We were so, all just so wrong. Yeah. We were all like 85%. Yeah. We've yeah. we're fresh Although off I of being a, wrong. I had a hunch. Yeah. That this was a faith-based thing. Yeah. So um, that the faith had a lot to do with it. Christianity, you mean? Yeah. Hmm. That it was... Uh, Christians didn't seem to like him, though. That's what was so all, shocking. A lot of them voted for him, though. Yeah. So I think what happened was... My um, mom's a Republican. I'm pretty sure she said it out. Tell me what you thought was happening. But, I, but I ju- I'm just saying, like, I think that I go to that thing that I just talked about a little while ago, that he is more reasonable... Than you think. I sure hope so. And that he's going to be more reasonable. But well, that we'll was see. Si- that was sixty minutes. Trump. He was. He was I thought he was really good in that. Calm Trump. Yeah. Calm well, Trump. I think he's. I think he's humbled by it. I actually do. I feel I, as I feel yeah. like he's humbled by it. We're both but aching for an explanation. I wanted to be. De- de- <laughs> I think of Milton Berle whenever I see him because Milton used to do that with his eyes, where they're That's all white around it. Funny, yeah, they don't do the eyes. He doesn't but like Katie. The eyes. You're worried, no right? Well, Katie's Katie, worried. we're, I, we're all I, worried. I'm. I worried. mean, I think. What would you say? Can I? Can I? Can you talk to Katie? Of course, you can talk to Katie. Or? She's off mic. Because I don't know. But, Katie, what are you worried about? Well, I want to give him a chance, but, like, he already he hired Steve Bannon as his chief strategist, and he hired Myron Ebel as the EPA, as the head of the EPA, who is a rampant climate change denier. And so that makes me worry that he's not going to be moderate. He's not going to be middle of the line. He's not going to look at both sides. I mean, he just hired a guy that literally was like, climate change isn't real. Fuck climate change. And now the people he's looking at for, like, the uh, Secretary of the Interior, which are in charge of all the public lands, they're oil people. They're people that just want to drain the land. I mean, I want to believe that he, you know, will look out for everybody, but his actions aren't proving that. I bet a lot of people were very happy that Katie chimed in because I'm pretty apolitical and I'm just going off of feelings and gut. So thank you for that. Uh, it is scary stuff. Well, I'm really bummed out. No, <laughs> you're going to cut all that. Right? <laughs> We're going to just cut out. Katie. Oh, wait a minute. That's up to Katie. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's um, so valuable. I, no, do. I think it's really good. So I think that me, being a white male, 63, not concerned with all those things. Is less valuable. Is, than... is more, is important to hear what Katie had to say. Yeah. You know, um, 
So you're right. I mean, all those things are bad. Um, I guess it is nice that we're not seeing debate Trump anymore, though. I know that's just showbiz. I know it's just the exterior. I mean, you agree, right? Katie's- no, I mean, he's not saying he's going to arrest Hillary anymore. Right. He still says he's going to deport millions. Yikes. I was going to do a bit about how if, I, if you go on a tour of the White House and yeah. behaved like Trump did, you'd be kicked out. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you couldn't go, yeah. I've been to the White House. You can't be that way in the White House. They will remove you, and this guy's going to live there. It's fucking insane. But I don't know. Katie just spun me out. <laughs> I didn't realize she was hiring those people. I thought he was going to have like Kelly from Kelly and Regis <laughs> and different people like that. No, I know about those. I knew about those hirings. Mm. Um, well, we can move on. I, I think. No, I think it's important. Yeah, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm not bummed out. I'm, but it's. This isn't a political podcast. I no, this it isn't. It bears this is, talking about, but I do just want to talk about you and your life. All right. <laughs> do you, unless you had something fresh. No, I'm good. Yeah, I. We have a couple of sodas. Fires. We were going to talk about your favorite diet sodas. Diet Dr Pepper. Was, Strong is that, It is a good one. It's a good one. You know what it is? It's a every fifth. Like every fifth time you're gonna have a soda. Is it Diet Dr. Pepper? Yeah, it's not a every time for you. Oh me. no, I don't think it's so. every time for you? No, no, no. I, I don't fuck with the soda. I don't drink yeah. I, I I rarely honestly, I rarely drink, but today I said I just want that I saw that cherry on that <laughs> that Coke Zero and I said I'm getting well, it. Well when I lived in the Midwest you got all the trial sodas. Which were where you'd see like diet cherry vanilla sprites yeah. or something and be like, yeah. So I miss that stuff. Let's go back. You know what I wanted to ask you was something that Flanny asked. I, I was like, oh, Louis doing it. I'm so happy. What are some areas? And he talked about addiction, which we've already talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then specifically how addiction fuels your comedy. I don't know if that's something you've yeah, talked about. I don't know if him. I even know how it does. Would you say... It's a salve, or it seems like that's our, both of our happy yeah, places. Maybe, yeah, maybe. It's um, like, I think you and I do comedy because that's all we can do. <laughs> Is that wrong? Yeah, no, I, I... I mean, I think, and I don't mean that's all we can do. We could do some stuff. It's a compulsion. But it's... it's a but need. I mean, it's a need. It's a need. Like, it's uh, like, I feel better... So it is, you know, it's, it's, so it is. Like, I feel... I went to the comedy store the other night, and I said... I was here 30 years ago. <laughs> and when you do that, when you say I was here 30 years ago in your head, you know, or whatever it was, it's fantastic. Yeah. And when it felt, it felt exactly the same. Mm. It hasn't faded it in the glory? No, it hasn't. And I mean, it has because, and not faded, well, the carpet's the same. So that's one <laughs> thing. No. Did it's it actually feel like new someone carpet. had been murdered there back then? Because when uh, I go to the comedy store now, I'm like... Well, isn't any great place that you do stand-up feel like it's... A little haunted. A little dark. Yeah. A little desperate. No, the comedy store's yeah. great. I'm not shitting I, I think the original room... murder feel. I don't think there's a better... There's... I mean, I think it's exactly what stand-up was meant to be. A, a room you can't hardly walk through because there's no light and you trip mm-hmm. on everything. Yeah. And, and the then, bathroom oh, The only light lefts. there is right... <laughs> Yeah. Is right on stage. Yeah, and and the person on stage is captive. Yeah, 
It's great. That's you know, that stand up. It's just it. You know, were you there during the strike and everything? No, no. I came. Uh, I came there in 1981. Okay, so and my uh, Malibu Classic. <laughs> Chevy Malibu. What Classic. do you think of when you think of those early years of stand up? I mean, you, if I you just read the enjoyed store, it so much. I mean, is this was I just Pryor loved it. I just was... yeah, I watched them do. I watched the wonderful things about Pryor. You know, I watched. Uh, <laughs> they would say Rick, my, Harris would tell me Harris Pete, who was the doorman. Mm-hmm. Hey Harris, a great comic, a really sweet guy. Uh, he'd say Louis uh, Richards come on. I go, oh, good. So Pryor would come, and the first <laughs> we called night, him Richard. I didn't even think. I'm like Richard Lewis was coming. Yeah, by. No, like, really, yeah. I never think of Pryor as a. Some Richard. people would say Pryor, but I think he said Richard. Yeah, and no, I, I knew exactly what he meant. Um, and so Pryor would blow in, but the word got out somehow immediately. Pre cell phones, was, yeah. The word was out. Payphones were ringing. packed in there, but it was packed in those days, anyways. Yeah. So each blow in around ten. Hmm. You know, and all the comics were already there in the back. You know, we're waiting for him. Hmm. And he'd come in, and he'd go up. He hardly ever bump anyone. He would just go wait until it was a break, and then he would go go up. Really? You know what I mean? He wouldn't. He, he would bump just, somebody. Yeah. But he wouldn't like get them off the stage. He wouldn't like. Yeah, they wouldn't have to get off because he showed up. Yeah. So then he would sit in the back and he Hard would, to be mad if Pryor bumps you. Yeah. <laughs> and Who he does would, this guy think he is? He would walk up after being... First of all, when he's announced, the crowd immediately stood up. Mm. Wasn't even like even a question about it. Mm. It was fascinating. So he'd walk towards the thing and then there were three minutes or more, which is a long time, for a standing ovation. Wow. Three wow. minutes. I would stand there and go, I can't fucking believe this. <laughs> I was so happy to be a part of that. Uh, imagine that energy. That, yeah. Yeah. Just like these people are seeing the same thing I'm seeing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like they appreciate the diamond as much as I do. Yeah. You know? And so then he would finally shut the sit the fuck down, you know, he would say to them. <laughs> and then he would have a you know, a morsel of an idea. And, and he'd kick it around. And he'd kick it around. And not for long. I mean, because it was his first thing. So he'd do like, you know, then he'd just kind of play around and he was very loose. He didn't like do a he couple was old. So bits. loose. No, he wouldn't do any of that. Well, he wouldn't do. <laughs> he wouldn't. He wasn't really. They he wasn't there to, to tap dance. He, he wasn't was, there. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was working. Yeah, working out his new stuff. So then he would leave. People would be crazy. Standing leave. ovation at the end too. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then there was a murmur after he would leave. Yes. You know, I just already wrote the blast radius. Yeah. <laughs> and then he would come in the night next night and the morsel would get bigger and the writers would be with them, Paul Mooney, and they would leave with them. Hmm. And then he would come back and he would morsel would get bigger. And so for two weeks you would watch the development of the show he shot in New Orleans, I think it was. Hmm. It was after Sunset Strip, I think. For me anyways. My thing with prior mm-hmm. and i watched for two weeks this genius get up and 
he would have, by the end of it then, he would be done. Then it would be done, and you'd see the hour. Hmm. You'd see the hour. He'd do the hour. Oh, my God. And it would be, I'd go, oh, my God. I just watched how, exactly how he does it. And how were the comics? Is it like, because, you know, these days we have, like, Louis C.K. is somebody that people revere. But there's, backstage, well, is there you know, any? Be, you know, the Robin and and all the guys were there. All the, but did it, was, was there anybody that was like, he's not that great, is my point. Cause oh, no. <laughs> Because there's royalty, and then there's royalty, and then he's the royalty. Yeah, he's the queen he's of England. The, he's, the, he's the touchstone, don't you think? Oh, for sure. I don't think there's anyone else in our era. I'm not even saying Louis even come that close. way. I'm just yeah, wondering. Yeah, no, Louis's great, but this is different. This is transcendent. Right. This is somebody who actually could bring whites, blacks, Hispanics, you know, and... and, uh, and and Muslims and right, he's the opposite of Trump. Basically, <laughs> I mean, he could bring, <laughs> he could bring everybody together. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't be they would be in proximity. Who would and the shared experience yeah. would be Richard Pryor. Yeah, so everything else would be completely disappeared. Who you know, would you, go up next? <laughs> Who would follow? Whoever was supposed to, but really, yeah, but it you know like it, the first you know the person would have to figure out and the crowd you know. They were excited, but they got they, it was early enough. Usually, mm. you know, he didn't, and he didn't stay on to kill the crowd. So mm. fascinating, yeah. That's so a, packed. Wow. So and did you have any night. personal interactions with him? Not much. If he knew the people, he did. I stayed away from him. I didn't <laughs> want to be disappointed. Yeah, you don't want to get your heart want, broke. Yeah, I don't want him to go. What? <laughs> uh, nothing. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Bryan. <laughs> what about Robin? I, I, I love Robin as well. He was around? Well, Robin, you know, he was the guy who could take every... He could fill up any room he walked in. Same sort of thing. His presence, yeah. yeah. Different, different. Oh, okay. I thought different. you meant the audience would fill in. It was more... Well, I'm, I'm, oh, well, the audience with Richard, it wouldn't... I don't know what you mean. I, I meant. I thought you meant if, if Robin moment. was around and people knew he was going to be there, but Robin was around was not enough. Like once the word got out that Pryor was going to be there, I don't know if the store told people or not. Yeah, you know, I don't really know how that worked. But the Robin thing was different. It was just another night, and then yeah. he would show up, and people would go berserk. Yeah, and then somebody would be. Sometimes it'd be Robin, and then like Eddie, and then like. You know, there'd be five people in a row. Wow. Like that. Wow. So that was great, you know, and it was such a great lesson for me. But, you know, Robin, he was just beautiful as a person. Yeah. Like, he res- he loved comics so much. You yeah. Know, and wanted to be loved by comics, I think. Yeah. But Richard, I don't think he cared if you liked him or not. Interesting. He didn't no, have that I'm not same... sure, but, yeah, I don't think he had a need for my approval. <laughs> But Robin was more like maybe. I think Robin was a real, you know, he was a sensitive human being. Yeah, and I'm not saying Richard wasn't, but it wasn't the same. They both had. Richard was such a big star. Yeah, Richard was bigger than any comedy star ever. I think Hmm. at that time, Mm -hmm. you know, there have been. You know, Eddie probably got close to that kind of hysteria. Mm -hmm. You know. And and it's comedy. I'm talking about he, Richard Pryor was famous for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. That famous, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. once he was famous, he was famous. He stayed famous. Yeah. 
So easy to get famous. Stay famous. <laughs> it's, it's true, though. This guy's but he's famous. really famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the difference between stand-up now and then? It seems just by talking about the people we're talking about. I don't think was there's any difference. Or? I don't think there's any difference whatsoever. Really? Because no. when I read those books, I mean, I, people no, go into Mitzi's house to blow oh, rails and well, stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, that stuff. I mean, I think there was more of a community then. Yeah. But you have to remember that was a time when drugs were promiscuous and yeah. promiscuous was promiscuous. And, yeah. and then you had Belushi and all those kinds of people. You had a lot of stars hanging at the store. We were also more bored, don't you think? There was no go yeah, home there was, watch Netflix. Yeah. And, but you have to remember how big cocaine was then. Yeah. I mean, cocaine was big. It was a big thing. I don't. Don't you think? I, I mean, mean, from what I've read. Yeah, but that time, I think, well, if you look at drug use, cocaine was like. Not so, they weren't so down on it. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like Molly now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess, did a yeah. little Molly. Yeah. Who cares? I guess, you know, I took it for all for granted. What do you mean? The I mean, I guess, I, you know, I was on the outside. I wasn't there. Exactly. I came right after, I think. Well, I was in there, though, with all the, I was there a lot. Mm. I guess I was, I went home. You were. Yeah, a big I didn't party go to person. the parties. I was too intimidated by it. I was from the Midwest, and I go. I don't want to go to that party. I can only fucking get in trouble. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I better get. I better get home. So you had like the good boy chip. Not really good. I'm not. I don't. No, I just sat. I don't think they want me there. I didn't feel. Oh, you had the inferiority chip. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I necessarily felt included. Uh-huh. But nobody excluded me. I did it myself. Self exclusion. You do. You've done that where you excluded yourself for sure. You know, and you I think it comes. Story. Well, it comes from that. Fa- you know, my fam, my family thing. Meaning, why would they want me around? My family didn't seem to. You, you just come from the. You know, it's like damaged freight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do A know. Table you mean. that you got to put something underneath it so it's level. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, were the table. Oh, yeah. You were so mean to me when I gave it. <laughs> he was. Listen, darling. <laughs> well, we were talking about the peacemaking aspect. Is that where you think you kind of honed? Because I would put on a show to keep things copacetic, you know? And I learned that humor was a, a fast way to postpone any sort of argument that might happen. Yeah, I think I did use it, but with my dad's alcoholism, that he couldn't use humor in that situation. Yeah. Because he was so mean. Yeah. So I was just always like, oh. What was he running from? Do you have a sense? Yeah, sure. It's all in my book, Dear Dad, which you can get, just so people know. Yeah, please. It's called Dear Dad, Letters uh, from an Adult Child. Wow. And um, it's all about my dad's alcoholism and me finding out how horrible my dad's life was. Oh, his, really? There was a murder in his family, and he and his sister were taken away and put up for adoption, and they were split up, and he went to a place where he was basically a work hand, hand on a farm, and you know his whole life was destroyed. Wow. And then he joined the service and learned how to play trumpet and became a very successful trumpet and cornet player with Hoagie Carmichael. <laughs> he was a pretty famous guy in his day. And um, then he met my mom, got her pregnant, and had 11 children. And Is that a Catholic thing? 
I think it's a physician's thing. Um, and then, yes. Now, look at that. Yeah, now now he's all yours. What was going on earlier? He, he's a, I want to know what happened in Brody's life. <laughs> he was put up for adoption. Was he? he he's been on a farm or two. <laughs> oh, Brody, I'm sorry. I don't. I actually don't know what it is. It, oh. It's it's kind of funny to talk about your way. dad and my dog in the same way. But every once in a while, I'll grab Brody in a way that that's very loving, and he yelps in a way that I'm like, "What happened, buddy? What yeah, happened? Yeah. The bad man's gone." Yeah, so you, you started to understand your dad, though. You did the work. Yeah, yeah, I did all the work on my dad. Wrote this book, and it was such a big, which is on Kindle, was, which is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, you know, like I just love that I could get my book on. On Kindle, yeah, sure. Some silly, funny thing about it for myself. <laughs> and um, was it was writing the book therapeutic in itself? Oh my god! I started writing it uh, the day after the Summerfest in Milwaukee at the Fister Theater. I can remember opening the book and go because that remind all these drunks I was performing it was during the day, and all these drunks were weaving <laughs> in front of the car that was taking me back to the hotel. Hmm. And I started in the book, dear dad, and there were these letters. I started writing to my father oh. 10 years after he died. Wow. And then I, you know... Do you think he got him? Is there a part of you that believes in that sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, sure. Is that right? Well, I, I think... Brody. No, it's okay. I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> this is going to be my dad right here. Yeah, there you uh, go. You know, trying to work it out. Brody just jumped up the, on the couch. Some of the spaghetti or pea or... <laughs> pea protein? What is that? Pea protein? <laughs> Well, he's just a big boy. He's just a big boy. I will say when Trump won, Brody got right on the bed and just laid with us. Uh, he didn't know what boy. was going on, and that was very we comforting. We were talking about such serious things, <laughs> such a troubling world. Don't you think so? Huh? He's so vacant. Um, so I learned this all about my father. Yes. And I forgave him i love him i miss him was that difficult i mean it must have been hard to forgive he sounds sometimes like a- i just blurt out you fucker <laughs> you know because that's still there for sure there's always residual isn't there oh yeah the residual of all those things yeah right broads yeah you've been there you know we're talking serious stuff he's right in it yeah of course but it you know that's all that's all there isn't it like you just like like you say he barks sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where I just go, damn you! <laughs> you did all this. Well, how do you blend those two things? You have a very natural anger that remains, yet you've forgiven. I, I think people sometimes yeah, you know, think I forgiveness. Think you could be mad a lot. Yeah, I think it's okay to be mad as hell. Yeah, it doesn't mean you have to act on it. Yeah, I think acting on it is where you get in trouble, or let it cor- or, or corrode let it- your heart or something. Yeah, well, you can't. I mean, my heart's so good. What do you do for your heart? How do you keep your heart good? I lick it. <laughs> this will lick my heart. Well, as somebody who's interested in an open heart and, and uh, experiencing the world and experiencing love and friendship and compassion. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I give. I give. I, I hug people. I, 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 oh, hmm. I, I love them. Hmm. I project as much love as possible hmm. to to people I meet. 
Like, I don't have to know them to wrap my arms around them. Well, it's funny because the first time we met, I told you about my... You said yeah. your sister has arthritis, and I had this thing on my hand called Diopatrin's whatever, contracture. Yeah. And you, the first thing you did for me was order me, because I've ordered more since then, a not cheap bottle of uh, hemp oil, which is supposed to be very therapeutic for these things. And it helped you. God, I love it. I've gone through the entire bottle. And has it worked? Not only did it work uh, for pain relief and... and calms you, right? It calms you down. Yeah. I've been more social, less anxious, less depressed. Depress- depression in the way that I know, which is very mm-hmm. mild. I don't mean to put down other people's actual thing oh, uh, yeah. but then it, I also haven't been drinking last night I drank as I mentioned mm-hmm. but it removed the need for alcohol because yeah. it's such a wonderful pain reliever I was like oh I think I drink because my back hurts you it's know probably true I think it is true I was like this is what I'm looking for so it's like weed without any of the paranoia or memory like loss and I learned that from my mother what's that doing that for you yeah well you did it without even thinking you just said i didn't i thought about it (laughs) no i mean i thought about it i mean you didn't i I didn't it was it was like well i'm ordering this yes why should i not order it for him also well because he needed it why should i not be generous i think because being generous i think is what i'm oh (laughs) what i'm good at I think I'm good at being generous. That's your love and language. I think people should practice generosity. Yeah. Like, I don't think you... Like, if somebody's if somebody's in line with me at a store and they're right behind me and they have one item or something that I think, if I'm in the mood... Yes. I'll just go... I'll just go, oh, charge... Put that on mine. Isn't that funny? It's my mom I learned it from. You know, somebody once said, like, on the way to a show, if you let everyone into your lane that wants into it, you'll have, yeah. a, like, a better show. Not because you're being rewarded, but because you're in that open, generous, giving place. It's but why good. not be completely generous? Why not stay there? Why not live there? Why be a tourist? Move in. Yeah, why not live there? But, because it is hard. It is hard sometimes, because some days I don't feel like being like that. Yeah. Some days I don't, because my feet hurt, or my back hurts, or... Yeah, or you know, I'm just I'm mad, (laughs) (laughs) right? Charlotte's Web, good stuff. stuff. Yeah, you should tell people about that. I did. Yeah, and it's called. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) uh, You can't see, but Brody and Louis are having a love affair. Really. Yeah. Well, he's in love with me because I'm so generous. Um, he so, knows we're Robins, not Priors. We need it. <laughs> uh, you know, the whole thing. Um, um, the whole thing about that generosity is uh, it costs you nothing. Hmm. People think it costs you, and that's why they don't do it. Well, it's coming from a place of abundance instead of depravity. You're saying, I have more I, to give. Yeah, well, I, even if I didn't, I was... I learned that as it, I would do it even when I had five bucks. Yeah. If you needed four, I'd probably give it to you. <laughs> and your mom taught you that? Yeah, my mom taught me. You that. were close to my dad, you? too. My dad was generous, too. Is that right? He'd give you his last $3. He would. Hmm. And where did they, I mean, where did they get that? I think <laughs> they had, I think they're just, they're lovely people. Sweet folks. In that sense. Well, you used to go to the Kroger grocery store and there'd be, my dad would, Say put he put some groceries on one side, you know, and it would go in a separate bag, and then we would drop those groceries off to somebody's house who wasn't doing well, and they would just leave them on the step. Hmm. 
And the raccoons would get this it, mean of course. Bastard. <laughs> this mean bastard, that, you know, this drunk yeah. would show me those, that generous kindness. Yeah. So he was a confusing figure for me. I have to imagine so, yeah. yeah. You're getting mixed signals. But, you know, all the people in your lives are there to teach you the lesson that you need or that Can you I- need not have or whatever it is. So, you know, listen, this is what you got. I always tell comics. Stop running from it. Start running towards it. And play the six notes. Yeah, play the six notes. And yeah. and love, and find the love within the the pain. Cause there's, and put some, you know, because there, there's love, there's love in there. And, you know. Well, pain can also start be. Medicating, start medicating yourself with that. Yeah. You can. And, you know, listen, I want people to know it's really difficult for me to do all that stuff. That does not come easy. So don't think because it's hard for you that it isn't hard for everyone else. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. It's hard to live a life. Yeah. And no one said it was going to be easy, but the movies and those things did. Yeah. And it's not. That's and right. You know, I, you know, what you made me think of is something I've been saying a lot lately, but I can't say it enough. And I don't remember who the quote is, but I say it and I should really look it up just like you are with the book authors. But it's hate is a lack of imagination. Oh, that's so good. Isn't that good? Yeah. You can't possibly imagine why someone would vote for Trump or uh, be an alcoholic, be a a real knockdown, drag out drunk. Uh, David Foster Wallace has that great speech that he gave, which you can actually get in a book. It's called What is Water? And he talks about being angry at SUVs on the highway. And mm-hmm. he demonstrates this. He goes, for all you know, that person was in a terrible car accident and their therapist all but ordered them to get an SUV so they would feel safe when they're driving. Right. But instead, you're in there hating them because they're assholes in SUVs. But that's a lack of imagination. He doesn't use that, but that's me seeing what he's saying. People, creative people, I think, can lean more towards compassion maybe more easily than others. But... Anybody that gives it a little effort, I think, can go, oh, I, I hate that person for being this way. But if you take a little time to imagine what might be going on in their life, it helps. You know, you, you know, you, this condition that we are conditioned in. You know, what was that song? My, condition, what condition my condition was in? in. <laughs> um, the Lebowski but, condition, yeah. Yeah, and so... <laughs> Um, you, you have, you, Pete has great socks on right now. <laughs> Sock those, Panda. Yeah, those are nice. These are sponsors. Oh, they are? Yeah, they were, weren't they? I wish I had a sponsor for my podcast. What's the name of I your podcast? I wish I did it more. I'm way behind. The Louis Anderson podcast. Well, the Louis Anderson podcast. I made should, it really complicated. <laughs> I should get on board with Sock Panda. And Sock Panda should bring us back. What's their problem? I'm wearing your product, and Louis Anderson is complimenting them on a popular podcast. Send you me know, more socks. Send Louis socks and get back on board. Really, 10% off with the promo code weird. Is it? <laughs> no, it was. Yeah. Well, you know, I think what happens is they go... All right, well, that didn't work. <laughs> so yeah, really, they're yeah. mad that we blew it. Yeah. But you were saying um, the so condition. The condition. Yeah. I just want people to, I just think you have to say this to yourself. When you wake up, you know, that minute you wake up and you open your eyes, you have a choice to make. Hmm. You have an absolute choice to make right at that minute. If you wake up and you open your your eyes and you're mad, Close your eyes. <laughs> Start over. And just open them again. <laughs> and k- 
keep opening them like that until you get the thing that you want. That's interesting. And the thing that you want should be the thing that will make your day the best. But if you get up and you already are mad, that's why I always. That's what really helps me. I do those prayers. Yeah. I am outside. My I arrest my ego. I arrest my my you know my psyche, mind. Yeah. my thinking mind. Yeah. I arrest my uh, judgment. I arrest my you know all of and all that stuff that got revved up. While I was sleeping, mm-hmm. whatever dreams or subconscious was, who playing, knows what you were doing? Right, <laughs> was uh, I arrested it? Mm-hmm. And I am so centered by the end of those prayers. I just feel so good. It's funny because your it's, it's, your brain is like this altar, and if you don't put something on it, it'll put something on it. Exactly. And you're saying, "No, I'm going to put these prayers on it." Right. Because and if, if yes, right. And I do a whole bunch of prayers I wrote about gratitude, you know, that I'm, I'm what I'm grateful and all the people I'm grateful for. Mm. And, and I do that first. And then I read the Jesus calling. The gratitude list is, Important. it's free. It's easy. Important. It's fun too. It's yeah. not, yeah. I forget how many friends I have. You ever do that? Yeah. Like, sometimes yeah. I have to look at the favorites page on my phone to remember who my friends are. But if you do the gratitude list and you just go like, I like to get real basic with it too. I'm like, I'm yes. glad that I have a body. I'm glad that yeah. I have a car. I'm glad that I have food and comedy. And then I go, all my friends, my family, everybody. Yeah. And, re- and it really changes. I'm fascinated with those things that can change your consciousness just by I, doing it. I agree with you. Yeah. And you know, we know we know very little about any. Uh, we. We we can't prove any of the spiritual stuff, but we certainly can feel it. Isn't that fun? And so... That's well put. Maybe feeling it is just plenty enough. Yeah. Well, that's something that I wrote. I, I wrote down the other day, which is... Uh, well, I've been saying it for a long time, but I wrote it down a long time ago. Who cares? Is that science, I think, is trying to photograph reality and, and mystical people are trying to feel it. It's oh, not, that's really nice. It's not to quantify yeah. it. It's not to reproduce it or, or really get a good look at it. It's just to have it pass through you. Where are you? We always talk about God on this. Where are you now? I mean, it sounds like you enjoy some Jesus. I, you know, <laughs> I grew up, you know, no, there was no religion in my family. My dad would pray out loud when he'd been bad and my mom would <sighs> go like that. And um, your dad would, would just, pray out loud. Yeah, Lord, oh Lord. <laughs> he would always do two Lords. He'd go, Lord. Well, the first one's to get his oh, attention. Oh Lord, <laughs> help me be a better husband. My mom would go, Yes, Lord. <laughs> help Louie and his hoodlum friends. <laughs> He'd always call my friends hoodlum friends. <laughs> and help me, Lord. Blah, 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 blah. So your dad wanted to be extricated from the my loop dad, he was on. Yeah, my dad was really looking for redemption all the time. Yeah. A lot of people are. Redemption is what you know we'd all love to have on a regular basis. Wholeness. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess I went... So my friend went to confirmation... For at a Lutheran church, mm-hmm. and I said, "Oh, what's that?" And he said, "You know, you get confirmed, and then you're a Lutheran." Oh, 
Now I go with you. <laughs> it's like joining SAG. Right? Saturdays. <laughs> it was every Saturday. And I went. We had this real fire and brimstone. Charles Grant, preacher, spit. Well, he was old. He's 61, I think, or 70. <laughs> Spitting and talking. And we got, I got confirmed that I, 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 uh, that affected me. The fear of it, you mean? Or? No, no. I, when you said no, fire I and love the stories. Oh, I you mean, liked it. Well, you know, he talked about what's important, and I just meant the, and his presentation was. Oh, you know, it wasn't that he God was like, said do this. He wasn't like, you're going to burn. No, he yeah. wasn't. Uh, the Lutherans, they're just, we smolder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the Garrison Keeler people. <clears throat> yeah. You're planting tomatoes. Don't bring him up, my present. <laughs> you don't um, like him? No, I'm just kidding. I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> I hear about him all the time. Anyway. Sure. sure. No, he's, you know, what he did was so clever and bright. Yeah. Not my thing, but, you know, people love it. I just didn't get it. And then I was jealous of it. And then I just went, ah, why are you jealous of this? You should embrace it. You should embrace it. I said to myself. <laughs> you spoke back to yourself. You know that thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm very, I'm impressed with his, with what he accomplished. Yeah. People just loved it and enjoyed it. Well, I think that has to be, I understand that quiet jealousy if yeah. you're from the same yeah, area. Yeah. You're like, hey. Well, you know, but I'll, I've had great success and I'm very loved by my Minnesota people. And yeah. so I'm, I don't have any. You know, I'm, I'm hardly, you know what I'm jealous of? I'm hardly ever jealous of any of that kind of thing anymore. What are you jealous of now? Is that what you're going to say? You know, I, I, sometimes I'm jealous of people being able to be so content with everything. Hmm. You know, and that's what I'm working towards, you know. Mm-hmm. But I love to work. I'm happy working. You know, it's funny that you say that. I read a quote of yours when I was maybe 25. You're kidding. You read my stuff when you were 25. <laughs> well, you were in a book. You might have been, I don't know if you were in stand-up comedy, the book, or what. But I was 25. I was on the road. I was in Iowa. And I'm reading this book about stand-up. And there was a quote from you. And the question was, do you like being on the road? And your answer was, no, I hate it. It's miserable the whole time. I'm just wondering, why am I not home? And I was reading that, and I was like, this is a nightmare, because I felt the same way. Yeah. But did you get over that? Did you learn to love, as I did, clean towels? <laughs> I guess for me, I got really lucky. You know how I got lucky? Mm. I had an agent who was the agent to all the people who played Vegas. Uh. And I became their opening act. The Pointer Sisters, Glenn Campbell, Ray Charles. No way. Smokey Robinson. Wow. You know. Um, Ray Charles is, I listen to him almost every yeah, day. Not every day, but yeah, every week at least. I love him. Stuff. Um, Please don't tell me he was an asshole. No, no, all nice people. We should say Diet Pepsi is our favorite diet soda now because we're talking Did about Did you Ray. know that? Is that your favorite soda? Yeah. Well, that was the ones he did the commercials for. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's your favorite? That was my favorite. That's uh, my favorite. That's I have a choice. I do, but they hardly ever have. I like caffeine-free stuff. Okay. Because when you get older, you don't want to have too much caffeine too late. <laughs> At four in the morning, your call time's five. Fuck. <laughs> Can I get ten minutes, Lord? Lord. Can I get Lord? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Can I get ten minutes, Lord? <laughs> 
So that's where you got lucky with the Vegas act. So then I was, I, I, I was off the road, really. I see. Because I was doing 20 minutes for lots of money. I see. That's great. So 20 minutes for lots of money is a wonderful thing. And where... And I, you know, I was so clean, so I got the job. Because yeah. I had a clean act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just lived for it. I was just like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Take and I that, loved Pryor. it. Natalie Cole, <laughs> just every single beautiful entertainer. And wow, it was so much fun. I got to meet all these people and Bobby Vinton. And the shows were good. Sometimes, sometimes they didn't want to see me. Yeah. Sometimes they didn't want to see them. <laughs> that's how it felt you yeah. know what I mean but most times you know I'd just do 20 minutes and did you have a standard Vegas joke well I do lots of Vegas material oh do you really so yeah you know I do like 10 minutes like gambling 10 minutes on the hotel 5 minutes in the plane and <laughs> this is real showbiz and then 5 to 7 minutes of food and being fat <laughs> and then I stumbled on the family stuff, and then the family took over all my, and you know I, I replaced almost everything. But still, when you're in Vegas, you got to do that gambling stuff because you got to remember when you're doing stand up that people always forget what is the experience of these people before they got here. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So if you're in a, in a casino, and if you do a college, talk about college yeah. a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. And if you're in Sheboygan, go, oh, I feel so bad for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I don't know Sheboygan at all, but you I know did, what I mean. I did enjoy you, getting to a level of, uh, I don't want to call it fame, but where you can make the what the hell am I doing here jokes. Because I always have yeah, those. Yeah. I when you see yeah. Seinfeld going like, what yeah. am I doing in Cleveland? Yeah. And you're like, I yeah. love that. And they laugh. Yeah. They're, they're happy that he's yeah. making fun oh, of Cleveland. That's so true. Well, Isn't that fun? It's a rite of passage. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, but so what happened to me was I'm so happy. I think the road might have killed me. Yeah, in clubs. Yeah, because I'm too indulgent, and I would have found bad things to do. Yeah, because those were those were bad times that way. But the Vegas thing, you know, it saved you. You're yeah. the only person that Vegas prevented them from no, doing bad things. I mean that that stuff. <laughs> you know, I just would. You know, I mean, I. I just mean, it was such a different thing, you know. You'd, Vegas is kind of a weird place. You'd play golf or get up, play golf or do something. Then you had a show. It started at 8. It always started right on time. At 8.19, <laughs> you started to wrap up your thing. At 8.20, you were walking in the wings, going to change your clothes. Mm-hmm. And maybe you'd go out and gamble or go out and do this, or you'd sit in your room, or you'd go you know, hang with some people you knew or something. Mm-hmm. And it was a real, like, your name was right underneath their name. Mm-hmm. And you just went, yeah, baby. <laughs> you know, I mean, because yeah. I was a kid from the Projects of St. Paul, and I said, my name is up on this marquee, because it was one of my Ray goals. Ray Charles, like, Louis Anderson. Yeah, it was one of my goals yeah. to be a headliner in Vegas. yeah. I mean, that was what, you know, because my idols were Jack Benny and Jonathan Winters and Richard Pryor and Bob Hope and Jack Be- and, and Johnny Carson. And these were all, those were Jackie Vernon. And uh, those were where they, that's where they worked. Mm-hmm. 
So I was watch the Tonight Show and Buddy Hackett and all those guys. The guy just I'm in Vegas tomorrow night. Yeah. And so the That's first I mean, time I did the show Tonight was, Show yeah. was the night, the next night I was opening at the Dunes Hotel with the comedy store. Wow. So Johnny said I was making my debut there. And I was also making my debut in Las Vegas the next night. Wow. So my career was so laid out for me. Yeah. In the funniest way. Yeah. That's real showbiz, too. Yeah. I, I kind of miss that. We don't really. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of avenues. We have a lot of small pathways up the mountain. But there used to be a mega highway. Yeah. There might, yeah. <laughs> but it was a really like, I was just fortunate in, because of the, my age, I think. You know, just timing. What do you mean? You, you know, my young. Well, that that isn't that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Even now, it doesn't really exist. No, there isn't a. It, you aren't opening show. for somebody. Yeah. You know, in the same way, it isn't the same. Right. Thing. It doesn't mean the same thing. It doesn't mean the same thing. Right. But um, yeah, so I got to experience a ton of different kinds of things hmm. from the original Tonight Show to the new Tonight Show and to the, you know, from the hotel headliner to the you know the you know theater doing theater shows or working at a club or. it's interesting you had that great piece of advice i wonder what the great lessons you've learned about comedy are one they have no idea if it's not working the audience yeah <laughs> they, that's great so don't burden them with it that took me a long time to learn that and your expectations are too high <laughs> don't have such high expectations for their interest in your ideas <laughs> you know really yes that's great and they don't care that you finally got that line right yeah they could care less right and don't you know don't let them know they're not doing well because they don't know they think they're fine. That's funny. I feel like a lot of comedians turn hecklers into hecklers and also yeah. turn bad audiences into bad audiences. You know, yeah, if you tell somebody, you guys are shit. Yeah. What? I just paid $25 to see you. <laughs> we'll talk about what they You're were doing. You're shit. Before... <laughs> the audience sends forth a representative. Yeah. <laughs> Carl, tell them they're shit. <laughs> they're shit. <laughs> we'll talk about... I one time saw Jake Johansson. I reference this all the time. It was Hello. the last... Jake Johansson. He's amazing. Such a great comic. I, so I was 24 at the time, mm -hmm. and we bought tickets. Zany's Vernon Hills. It was a club that I was trying to work. I played that Vernon Hills. Me too, many it times. Is it like in a... Brian Regan signed his headshot, Where Are the Hills? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. It's the flattest They're land. Vernon's Hills. <laughs> he took them. <laughs> yeah, it's in like a... Taking my hills and I'm leaving. <laughs> Take them, Vernon. We hate you anyways. <laughs> Shut up, Charlene. <laughs> I will not. Just get out. I Well, uh, Vernon Hills, and I paid, I brought my wife. I was married at the time. And it was like, I think the whole evening was almost $100. Wow, like drinks and tickets. Money, and, and I yeah. was like, fuck my face. This is crazy. Yeah. So now whenever I'm up there and I'm not feeling it, when we did Largo, I was yeah. feeling it that night. Yeah. And I always love Largo. But I try to remember, first of all, 
that was a shit ton of money. It was my one night out with the wife that that month. Oh and, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's one of those things you hold. You actually think that? I try and remember that. Oh, because I would have. Oh, that's I got so much clutter. Ah, hold on, I'm gonna find a thing of why I think I should be nice to you. It's if I'm in a bad mood. No, I'll I'm, remember. I, I was. Remember. I was just. Gonna, I was amazed that you remembered that. I like that. Remembered what? Jake Johansson's thing? No, that you should. You, these people did. They paid yeah. a lot of money, and why do you need to be mean to them? <laughs> I'm, right? I think comedians should be funny, and I think clocks should tell time, and I think we should be nice to the audience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Unless they really they want to do rough. a book like that. What? I think comedians should be funny, and clocks should tell time. <laughs> I do. I like that about you. You could do a book. You know, I'm a guy who. <laughs> Thinks in terms of like, oh, that could be a book. Yeah, that's fine. I'm one of those people. Well, that's I mean, think about it. You had the three things there. Things, things should be. Yeah, things, things should be. Do you know what I mean? That's a book. <laughs> it's like a children's And when book. they're not, this is what happens. No, yeah. I mean, I think that you're saying, you know, like, like we overcomplicate everything. Yeah, there is know? something simple about thinking of yourself. You ever listen to the New Yorker podcast? Not really. You're looking at my framed New York yeah, cover. Interesting. Is it good? Well, it's interesting. No, I don't know if it's good. I can't listen to it all the time because there's irritating things in it. Sure. Like somebody will sing uh, something. Or they play the excerpt of us talking about Trump. <laughs> yeah. Still bummed out. I'm just burning. I'm stuff. burning us. I'm roasting us. So what? So you were raised Lutheran, and then where are you at now? With God. I'm over in Encino. <laughs> <laughs> it's no show to see, isn't it? Huh? I'm and in uh, Encino. With, with uh, like, death, uh, meaning of life. Any 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 musings on that? Um, yeah, I'm really solid about it. What do you think? I ho- I'm very hopeful. I'm pretty sure my soul is connected to the other souls. Hmm. I don't know exactly how the hookup goes when you go, but I'm pretty sure we're all super connected. Except that when we're here, we're too attached to our contraption that we lug around. But I think when we when this contraption dies, we hook up with those other souls again. Hmm. And that that's where the bliss and the glory and the and the beauty and the uh, the another level joy and colors and things that we occasionally glimpse are vibrant. And I think is you know people say well why doesn't anyone ever come back and I go I think they're I think they make trick trips back all the time for for Milla instances hmm. that you feel and you see and you can't and you and you can't quite focus on because it's from a it's other dimensional so I think they're there and I feel them and I s- at times see things and uh, I think if you reach out to touch them they'll they'll be gone because hmm. right? I don't think that you're capable of touching them. You know, like Krishnamurti said that when he was still 
and he was visited by God, he thinks. <clears throat> and he was able to be in the presence of him. Uh, that he once reached out to touch him, and then he never saw him again. Hmm. Interesting. So, I don't know if you know who Krishnamurti is. I do. But he, uh, he, wrote, he wrote some beautiful stuff. Yeah. Anyway. That's um, really interesting. So it rem- I, it I, reminds me of creativity. You can't look right at it. It runs away. Sort of yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, a but, I mean, I think that, you know, like, let's be honest. Like, I don't know uh, about that existing, but I feel like it does. Mm. But I know this is existing. Mm-hmm. And I will tell people, make the best of this and stop <clears throat> all your bullshit <laughs> as fast as you can. Mm. Because the if you don't, you are robbing yourself of life. And I only learned it from loss of other people. Hmm. When when I just lost so many um, I just lost many people. I wish I would have enjoyed that more. Mm-hmm. And I think people, they wait too long. I don't think you plan on waiting too long. I think you just do it because I think you think it's endless time, but it's finite. And I don't think we understand finite except for that very moment when we lose someone who's who's spiritually connected to us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, stop all your bullshit. <laughs> you know, stop all your bullshit with your parents. Stop all your bullshit with your brothers and sisters. Stop all your bullshit with yourself. Stop all your bullshit with the people you love. Stop it. I mean, again, I say it, it's impossible (laughs) to live it, but you can try. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's lovely. That's beautiful. And well heard. I needed to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I need to say it. Mm -hmm. Because what else? I mean... You know, if you have a certain amount of success in what you love to do, you get to glimpse everything from a little different angle. Mm-hmm. But you still have to be very careful not to bring that all that stuff with you. Hmm. You're having an opportunity to see things from a, diff- a different perspective and you should not be bringing all that shit with you. Because hmm. it really is shit. It's just like the stuff in your car or when you overpack and you go, well, I need all this stuff. 
You absolutely, I could drive my car off a cliff and never need one thing that's in it. Not one thing that's in that, not one thing that's in the storage compartment. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a storage compartment, not one thing in the house, mm-hmm. except the other human beings, the dog and the cat. <laughs> Am I right? You're absolutely And maybe the George Foreman grill. <laughs> <laughs> It is funny, Val and I were just talking about how later, you know, oh, we'll get married later, we'll have kids later. Yeah. And then sometimes you wake up a little bit like, what are we talking about? Like we're masters yeah. of time. The Dalai Lama summarized Buddhism in one word, and he said impermanence. And I think that's a very profound spiritual lesson that's hard to hear and hard to hold in your heart. But I think that's some of what you're talking about. You know, or why don't you just you two just say we are married Yes, exactly. And why don't you just be married? I mean, you know, to be. That's right. You know, maybe that's enough for you guys. Maybe you don't know, you know, I don't know. I mean. I think that's right. I don't, I mean, I agree with you. I think that you want, you need, you desire, but you already have it all. Mm. I love that. Have you heard the the Eckhart Tolle thing I love about the beggar sitting on the box and he's asking for money and someone's like, what's in that box? And he's like, you know, I never looked and one day he looks in the box and it's filled with gold. And I think that's yeah. something I think about all the time. Yeah. That's a good point. That's I think that's the point you're making. I think. Oh, uh, I like Eckhart Tolle. I did a... Thing called the gate. This is so funny. The dog came over here. I know. Well, I was being so emotional and just said, "Hey, Brody, stop came. all your shit." <laughs> Brody came and comforted yeah, you. Yeah, what a great dog. He's a good boy. Yeah, I'm vicious you. when you show up, though. <laughs> yes, we're talking about you. Yes, we're talking about you. Cause you're so pretty. You're so sweet. You've been through it all. Yeah. 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 Maybe Brody is at all. Who knows? You don't get dru- you don't get brushed enough. <laughs> Actually, you're pretty get brushed a lot. <laughs> you know, we're we're, we're hands on. We hand brush. <laughs> and well, people should get brushed enough. That's pe- another thing. People should, should people should be good to themselves. Yeah, you're not on the cross, and you are never going to be on it. Mm. Don't think you need to be on it. Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself up. Don't. Don't end up, and try not to get someone else to do it for you. Because mm. people do that too. Mm. <laughs> God, I'm so smart. It's just something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like at the Michael Bolton thing today. <laughs> the guy said, Have Louie do that thing where he does that goofy laugh. <laughs> And I thought, oh my God, that that is, he he knows I have that laugh. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that affected him. Yeah, that connected with him. Yeah, and I think that's what makes us the great comics that we feel we are, and that people <laughs> feel we are. Yeah, because I do feel like I'm a great comic. I feel like I can do one thing really well, and it's stand-up comedy. And so I think it's because we let out the stuff that most people keep in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes us so joyful. Mm. 
I'd love to hear that because I don't like that sad clown stuff. People try and... Oh, I don't, yeah. I mean, I can be sad. And, and, oh, sure. We both can be you serious. You know, poignant and all that stuff. But that's, you know... There's also silly and fun and joy. Yeah, joy. I mean, you know, I think there's... I used to always put this much, just the tiniest bit of stuff at the end of my act, just about loving yourself and loving your parents and forgiving them. Mm. Just that tiny, teeny, tiny bunch. Mm. But that's what people always brought up. Mm. It was funny. That is funny. So Because they could hear that after I did all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because you can't hear it if it's, if it's all preach. Yes. But you can hear it if it's all just, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah. I love an undercurrent under stand-up, a yeah. little bit of nutrition in the sugar. <laughs> it's know, true. People can get Well, that. we have something to say, but it, it's probably different than we think it is. Because mm. it's what they hear, so what connects with them. Right. Like, have you ever had people come up to you and go, you know what I love? I love that thing you do about the thing. And you go... Huh, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. Well, you kind of know, but you just go, it's, it's just so interesting. Well, you're the pea protein and they're the almond milk. Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't You know, every time I say pea protein, I just want to giggle. Because <laughs> I go, it's pea protein. Because there's a part of people go, what do you mean pea protein? Like, yeah, of course. Pea protein? We take no, a you ding dong. <laughs> there's no pea protein. You can't drink your own pea unless you're in the desert. <laughs> Even then, I don't know. Even then, it would be a hard choke down, wouldn't it? Well, Val and I went to the grocery store before you is came that over. Jo- who is that picture there? The astronaut. Oh, is that who it is? That's a female astronaut looking at the cosmos for the first time. Look at the look on her face. I mean, that—that's the wonder I'm trying to tap into. <laughs> well, you know, you you do tap into it when you're on stage. So I do sometimes. Yeah, so that's... you should just. You should just not worried about it. You are tapped into it. <laughs> it's just that if you would just quit all that other shit. Yeah, for sure. Isn't that really true, though, if we would just stop all this shit? Yeah. It is just, but you know, this shit is what, you know, we've been carrying. Yep. We don't even know how full our pockets are. Yeah. We have no idea how we much think stuff is in there, you know? Yeah. That's so interesting. It sounds like something you would realize. Have you ever done a psychedelic or anything? Yeah, we used to do acid all the time. It seems like something you would realize on acid. You'd yeah. Like, what the fuck am I so oh angry my, about? Yeah. <laughs> my God, I love this couch. <laughs> I have been taking this couch for granted all this time. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry, couch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I so, do. The same Absolutely. thing, but I was trying to... Uh, no, it's... I, I had a phone call with my mother two nights ago, and every... Every 15 phone calls, we'll just talk as souls. Nice, you know what I mean? We yeah. put aside our roles as mother oh, and son. Oh, that's nice, yeah. You're just talking, and it's, it's another really good book, beautiful by the way. talking as souls. <laughs> just you and your mom doing that, or you and other people. Yeah. You know, here's what we really meant. That's right. And it's so lovely. You put aside yeah. the roles and the pockets full of what we think ought to and should and what we're supposed to say. And When you're like that ever, does it happen where she says, what does that mean? <laughs> no, right? Because you're so open and and yeah, yeah. We get into a special space, that's but it a, can't. And so that special space—that's a really interesting concept. Because mm. that special space should be our regular thing, and the other stuff should be occasional. I know, I but know. It's hard to flip the 
the script. But I will say, going back to comedy, that is, you're talking about what's inside coming out. I think that can create a special space. That's why I think there's something transcendent about the show after, the day after the election, going to Ohio, and for an hour laughing with a group of strangers who, it didn't matter if we agreed or disagreed politically or whatever, we all were just silly and put everything aside, even if it is dangerous or scary or volatile. Did you say to them, this is all your fault? Because <laughs> that... That would have been my temptation. I closed I, with, uh, forgive your parents, and this is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always, um, we could do the speed round. I'd love yeah, to do sure. a speed round oh, with uh, you. Because I we think, already did I comedy. thought we just did it. <laughs> this is, that was the long round. Yeah. What is the, what we talk about the greatest lesson you've learned about different topics. And I would say greatest lesson you've learned about happiness. We talked about that a little bit. That it was always so much closer than I allowed it to be. Hmm. That is, that's what you, we were saying. That's it. I love that. What's the greatest lesson you learned about family? No, trust them. Don't trust no, them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> First answer was so sweet. The second one, don't trust the bastards. Uh, um, that you're, that you're, they're your family. I love that. So stop trying to get away from them <laughs> or run from them. I mean, you know, you have to. There's a, yeah, that's it. Those are the play the notes. Play Just the notes. Don't be afraid. Yeah, don't be afraid that. You know, because they're them, you know, that that means anything more than that. Mm. You know, we put so much on that. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's, like, it freaks you out because you're like, is that me? Is that me? Yeah. They're being this way. They just use Jew as a verb. And yeah. am I that? Yeah. Right, 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 right. right. And so, yeah. And, you know, you, you are that you are them, but you are not responsible for them is what I, I'll rephrase that. Oh, I like that. You are them, but you are not responsible for them mm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> vice MasterCard. What is the greatest lesson you've learned about acting? I mean, you're such a wonderful actor, killing it on baskets. That I waited. I was, I listened to other people and I forgot. I, I listened to my head and my ego and my, and I let my, you know what? The greatest lesson is that I listened to fear and mm. I should have listened to the love. Hmm. You mean in picking projects or in? I'm just saying that I was just terrified. I was too afraid. Mm. That it was just fear. I was. It was all fear. I was terrible in readings. I was inhibited. I'm. I'm self-conscious. I'm. You know, I feel judged, and you know. That I should just. You know, I can do. I can act. I could do anything in acting. Hmm. Clearly. But it took a long time, though. <laughs> it took a long time, though. Yeah, it took a long time. But it was they a shift need from... me. I don't need them. <laughs> you know, I really had that really mixed up. Mm. Uh, that's whenever I'm late for a show. I remember it, it was Mike Britt. He goes, "There's no show without you." Like when yeah. you're running late. He yeah. Goes, yeah. What are they going to do? It's a hard one for me still. Yeah. But it's a. You know, it's a but I am there now. Yeah. You know, like I went. Like where was I? Oh, where was I? Where was I going? Like uh, sometimes on baskets, I'd be so a little late because I'm very, you know, I'm a kind of guy who doesn't want people to be late, and mm. so I grew up not being late. 
more I don't like, I'd rather be early than late. Mm. And so now I go, you'll be all right. Mm. I'm not so hard on myself mm. about stupid stuff. That's great. I just realized I didn't ask you, are you seeing ghosts? Is that something you alluded to? <laughs> I will, but can we do that on the next one? Because it's too emotional yeah. for me. Yes. But yeah, I see people. I oh. see, I, I've been contacted. Wow. I don't see random ghosts for the most part. You see people you know. These are all people I know. I have, they're recognizable in one sense, but hmm. not in all. This will be a good thing for people. What is that about? <laughs> but it's true. I've had some unbelievable experiences. In your car? <laughs> oh, no, always at, always at home. Yeah. Always wherever I'm staying, at least. Hmm. I had one at the, uh, at the uh, Institute, the healthy place. Oh, really? An unbelievable one. It was just unbelievable. And these aren't frightening things? These are lovely things? I don't they were a little frightening. <laughs> they are a little scary. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't know if they were coming to get me. Do you get used to it? No, I don't think you get used to that. <laughs> this is fascinating. <laughs> I don't think you get used to somebody showing up. Hey, especially when they're not in the form you knew them in. Mm. But you knew that you know that it's them. And this is not a physical, this is not you it's, seeing someone you knew in me, for example. It's, it's an apparition. Yeah. Well, very Well, I don't, I don't want to make it. Uh, well, I, I just think it's a bigger th- story than we're wrapping up. And it's, yeah. it's a much bigger thing. And we should do one just on ghosts. Let's do that. We'll just do it. I'd love to come and, and just talk to you about, you know, what I've seen and what I think people do see and what they don't acknowledge as. Really? So you think more people that, ah, we're going to have to have a special one just about guys. We'll do that. I have a million questions. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Well, what is the greatest lesson you've learned about? This seems so asinine now that we talked about ghosts. (laughs) No, that's all right. Uh, Writing, the the act of writing. That, you know, writing is about writing. And you're you're all, you're full of shit. (laughs) People are full of shit. And the only way you can write something is by writing every day. And the best thing, Pat Prof taught me the best thing. You know, Pat, Mm-mm. who did uh, uh, the Police Academy and all the, the Naked Gun and hmm. just literally probably the mo- one of the most prolific comedy writers from Minneapolis hmm. uh, ever. So he said, I said, you know, how do you write? He goes, well, I get up in the morning and I uh, get dressed put my jacket on, walk downstairs to my office and take my jacket off and hang it on a hanger and close <laughs> the door and I sit down and I write. <laughs> and he goes, and I sit there until five o'clock, <laughs> you know, nine to five. Mm. And then I get up, I put my jacket on and <laughs> and I go home. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And I said, that's really why he's so prolific. Yeah. You know? Somebody you know, used to people me. say, like, I'm, oh, when I feel like writing, I'm going to write. I'll, when I feel it, I'm going to really get some stuff done. Mm-hmm. But that's all lies. Those are lies. Mm. Like I tell comics, work is hard at getting people into bed. You know how hard you work at getting people into bed or how hard you work at getting drugs. Mm-hmm. Work that hard on your career, <laughs> and you'll be very successful. Yes, 
So and people will give you sex and drugs. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly right. But the writing is about writing. Yes, showing up. So when I write, I'm really, really good. Mm. But it's such a big commitment to write because you know what it means. You have to risk all to write. Mm. You're risking all. Very risky. Yeah, well, you're opening a thing that is, you know, so full of stuff. Mm. You know, if you're really being honest with yourself about writing. It should be a little terrifying. Yeah, well, it should be a little like... (sighs) <laughs> you know what I mean? If you no, don't really. make that noise, you're not Yeah, doing but it. I really. just mean, it is a, a giant, like, it's like you're going to clean the basement. Hmm. It's you're going to clean the attic. It's gonna, you're going to empty your storage. It's so funny, because when people in high school, I remember, everyone wants to be a writer, and I'm like, because everybody has thoughts. Yeah. But writing is actually far more like cleaning a basement. I think that's very well put. Well, I think it's about, you know, what is, you know... When you clean out a basement or a storage space, you throw most of it out, but you are just looking for that one thing. Mm. And once you find it, man, you are, it's a home run. Yeah. And you, you'll show everyone. <laughs> right? It's yeah, not true. Because when I get into it, when I see it, and when I see it, I can't stop it. Yeah. When I start writing like that, I can't stop the writing until I'm done writing it. Isn't that great? Oh, I love that. It's a get, you know, because that's when I think, honestly that that's when I've connected with as close as I can get to that place I was talking about that we can't see. Because mm. it feels like a, it feels otherworldly when you're writing like that. Yeah. You know, that's what Stephen King does. That's what writing, that's what really, that's vesselist. stuff. You know, it's a vessel. Yeah. You know, you're the radio picking up the song. It's like when you're doing stand up and it's coming to you in waves Hmm. and you're speaking it and the crowd is returning and it's back and forth and it's, you know, it's, it's glorious. Mm -hmm. You know, when people talk about glorious and that kind of stuff, you know, that's how I see glorious. Mm -hmm. I see glorious in, in, in my oneness with, you know, it's like a, I don't know. It's, I just, you know, it's heavenly. I guess if, you know, it's heavenly, right? It's absolutely like, you know, it's a like a delicious, like the most delicious food you have ever tasted. Mm. And you want to enjoy it because you can never create that exact thing again. That's right. But if you write it down, at least you'll have that record of it. Yeah. And when people read it, they'll get some sense of what you were writing and they'll get a brief glimpse of what you see. And that's why people say that's my favorite writer. Hmm. I used to listen to Stephen King and he would read the books in audio Mm -hmm. and I would get a true sense of the agony and the ecstasy and the horror that he felt and was witnessing Hmm. and shudder. And he would allow me into that experience that just... Yeah, made you so feel so good, <laughs> and that's why you couldn't. Fin- you had to finish that. You had to keep reading that book. Yeah. Remember when he wrote that group of books? If you're a Stephen King fan, you were voracious about him. I guess it's similar, probably, to the Harry Potter thing. Yeah, for people or the one with the girls, uh, the the with the Hunger Games? yeah Hunger, Hunger Games. Games, you know, or, or any of those great things. Yeah. 
you know it taps into something it taps into the into the into the i think mhm the the uh the world the consciousness of the oversoul that. yeah yeah i had that on my foot once oversoul <laughs> it was where the soul was just over a little and i would i walked with a limp i had the oversoul <laughs> Well, this is a big one, but what's the greatest lesson you've learned about God? You gave us a lot, so don't feel like you have to. That I don't have to define him to anyone hmm. or her. That I don't have to define that. I don't have to justify it. I don't have to define it. I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to. I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to protect it. I don't have to. I don't have to justify it. Mm. That's what. I don't have to justify anything that I believe about God. Hmm. I don't. It's personal. It's for you. It is, and 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 people should. That's what. That's what people should do. Is they should not feel like they have to. You know, it's a very very private. Yeah. Relationship. But it's been weaponized in some ways. It's become a corporate thing. I think it's, I think it, uh, I think, I think innately, if you really, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm being silly, but I don't think anything can get in, in at you if you don't engage in it. Mm. You know, Krishnamurti talked about violence, you know. And he talked about by not, by, you know, by that you are sometimes participating in it, by not, you know, like if somebody was hurting someone else, and you just watched it that you were as much of a participant in that violence, you know. And as the I th- aggressor? As the aggressor. Hmm. And I think that what, I guess what I was trying to say here is that you, we know it's right and we know it's just and we know what we should do. And the hardest thing is to do it. Hmm. And the hardest thing is to live it. Mm-hmm. But the relationship behind between you and God is private. And that, and that in that privacy is, I think, where the strength is. Hmm. I love that. That's where it's best. Think? Yeah. But that isn't best. that where the strength is? The personal like, experience. Yeah. Like I love when uh, Jesus calling when she says, uh, "When you make a mistake when you're praying, and your mind wanders." somewhere else that's inappropriate come back to me and and laugh a little and smile (laughs) and i'll be waiting for you that's great i thought that was really beautiful i love that i just wrote down the other day i was like i don't like the idea that god shoes so easily yeah i mean yeah i say fuck and he leaves the room yeah i don't yeah no no (laughs) i don't think so either no he just shakes his head and looks down at you disapprovingly. <laughs> Lord. Lord. Oh, oh Lord. Lord. And my dad was really good. Lord. <laughs> a big, nice pause. And he go, 
Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's such a beautiful old Lord. Uh, oh, Lord. He killed the old Lord. Oh, Lord. And because things get heavy, as, as we like to get heavy on the show or deep, we always ask the guest, can you remember one of the times you laughed the hardest in your life? That's always our last question. And it doesn't have to be a good story. It's just when yeah. you're a kid or recently, this morning, who knows? Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, you You know, like, I've laughed so hard so many times. Maybe when um, you were on acid I think, appreciating the camera. No, I'm a, I'll go back to my childhood. I think it was when my dad farted once. <laughs> so loud that he woke himself up in the chair. And we just all started laughing and he started laughing and then farted again. And then we and then we then he laughed till he started coughing. And then we got worried he was coughing so hard yes. that he was maybe going to die. Yes. You know, that kind That's... of a thing. And then we couldn't stop laughing, even though he might have been dying. And That's great. And then, and then how fast that gets cut off. You know that deal? The, Where it ends? It ends. Like it ends and you can't, you've, it, you've almost like you've been almost injured from the laughter. <laughs> We had one of those. That's so good. What about you? Valerie. Val. Uh-oh. Uh, she, I don't know. She's got her earphones on. We had one recently. We were in a hotel. We were stoned. And she, I, she said, do something that's never been done before. <laughs> no, she said, do something that's definitely happened before in this room. And I got up. Valerie. My love, come tell the story of when we were at the Bowery Hotel and we laughed real hard. Do you remember? Oh, she's right. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I say, I say you, you said, do something that's definitely happened in this room before. I went, okay. And I stood up and I came out of the bathroom and said, there are no clean towels. But didn't, weren't my pants down? Okay, okay. It's- yeah. It's definitely one of those, like, you had to be there. So yeah. just know that right but away. But involved a fart, and it made me think of it. Okay, yeah. So so it's I, we were definitely stoned, maybe a little bit drunk. Yeah, he said that. Yeah, that's that's important to know. Yes. And, uh, and Pete came out, and he had said something that it was like, I bet that's never been said before. And so I was like, why don't we say things that definitely have been said before? And so he's like, okay. So he immediately went, got up. yeah, you immediately like got that up. Was part of the funniness was I was like completely game for this. Yeah. Game. And then went in the bathroom and came out and was like, hot water's not working. And then, so we kind of laughed a little bit at like how good that was. Yeah. And then while we were laughing, he was like celebrating his good bit. So he pulled his pants down and started dancing, but he's so tall that he hit his finger on the ceiling fan. Ow. And then, and then I fell over. And then fell over. Oh, and then you fart. <laughs> I knew there was a fart coming. 
Oh my god, I can't believe I, I can't believe I didn't realize that this involves me yes. farting before I started telling it. My hand went in the fan and she laughed so. Hard. So it was like, but it all happened so fast. So it was like joke, kind of funny, hand in pants down, hand in the fan, and then he falls over because he hit his hand. And so, so then we're uncontrollably laughing that I laugh fart, and then that's just it's over oh, after no. that. So it was like the funniest five seconds. Ever. Ever. We like we, we just couldn't deal with it. I can't believe you made me tell that. Story. I love it. I love it. Thank you, sweet Val. And I've never farted before or since. Yeah, right. Get real. Well, Louis, that was amazing. Do you feel good? I feel um Yeah, I feel yeah, I feel completely great. I'm glad. I do too. Cuz you know that you know it was like a real uh, honest a very beautiful conversation. I agree. I was so happy to share it with you. I'm I glad hope you, you don't good. play it for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> we no, always I'm, end with the guest saying, keep it crispy. It's just all right. our little thing. Keep it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> and now will you say, don't wake up a guy napping on an ironing board? <laughs> hey, in case you're in this proximity, don't wake up a guy napping on an ironing board. <laughs> That's one of your beds, right? It no. is. It was from, oh, it yes. was from Life with Louis. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was trying to figure out why you yeah. would. My say whole that. life, I've said, "Don't wake hey, up." Don't Did I say it as yeah, a you kid? Said it as the I? kid. Hey, don't wake up, my guy napping on a, on a. It was him. It was him. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> don't wake up, a guy napping on anymore. Drink, kill me or one. <laughs> that was a fun thing to do. That. That was so. I loved it. I still love it. Thank you so much, Louis. And I'll just tell everybody right now that you brought that up. I'm working on a brand new animated show. What is it? I can't say another word. Okay. Well, we'll read your book, Dear Dad, and we'll come and see you live. Yeah. Have some fun and be good to yourselves. <laughs> and get stop the bullshit. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> forgive your family. They, uh, they, I just, they need it. Yeah. If you can do it. They I know that sometimes people can't, and that's okay too, but give it a shot. I love it. Thanks, man. Thank you, Pete. A lot of love to you. Thank you, Kate. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 